have been in this business 52 years and I will, I've never seen anything like this. That's what she said. That's my joke. Damn it, Dwight. Hash Browns. Hash Browns. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Don't get a boner. Don't get a boner. No, 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 no. And I don't blink. And I just keep going. And I don't blink. I keep on going, and I don't blink. You start to listen. Fuck off! You won the contest. I think this place is restricted, Wang, so don't tell me you're Jewish. What a stupid son of a bitch. I'm in the dark here! Oh, what does that got to do with anything? Shut up! Shut up! It's showtime! Holding it, you put out the boat. Double dumbass on you! My fucking wife has an ass in in the driveway, Kurt. Oh. Oh. Yeah, watch this. Oh, fat fuck. The man is nefarious. And reality is the situation. There are seven drag performers in Las Vegas right now doing me. Hey, I'm Rip Taylor, could you die? <laughs> as an actor, I had the chance to perform on Broadway in the movies and on TV. And as a comedian, I've thrown confetti all over the world. <laughs> but as a child, my world was made up of abusive parents and foster homes that had saved myself out of dark and sort of comedy and eventually made a career of it. You insensitive asshole! You think it's good to slap a woman? No, I don't think it's good. I, I don't think, think it's bad. It must, I don't think it's that bad. I think that it depends oh, entirely on the circumstances and if it matters. Oh, yeah. What about well, if you have supplied everything else, and women are pretty good at this, but you can't leave it alone. Yeah? You don't want to have the, the, the last word, and you give them the last, last word, but they're not happy with the last word. They want to say it again. So, it's a free country. I'm a person. Nice hopping. Yes, Bernice. Ring, ring. You sit on my house. Attack! The Fresh Maker. Oh, what a big man you are! Hey, let me buy you a pack of gum. I'll show you how to chew it. Ooh, how fuck up you are! Action, please. Ah, the Fresh. 
Champagne has always been celebrated for its excellence. There is a California champagne by Paul Masson, inspired by that same French excellence. It's fermented in the bottle and like the best French champagne. What killed the dinosaurs? Guys, Did you see what I did there? I have offended you with my ignorance. Holmes used to be an actress. What the fuck are you talking about? Does every open space have to be filled in? You gotta be fucking kidding. Hello, handsome! But we've been in great hotels. Sheena, this month on HBO. And I... I can't speak. Coming soon. This summer. At theaters everywhere. Opening weekend. Rated R. Are you guys going to have booze? This is a McAllen. I don't really drink whiskey. Oh, Um, put it back. Knock it back. This was Neil Peart's favorite drink, so (gasps) I I got a bottle. When he died, I bought a bottle of this, and it's just been... Every now and then, I'll come home, and I'll be like, ooh, I'll have a little McAllen. Then I drink, and I go, whoa. Today's Tom Sawyer. He gets drunk with you. That's right. That was on the radio I, yesterday. What an amazing song. That was on that the, was radio the radio yesterday. yesterday. Guess what? I got news for you. It's on the radio every day. Somebody plays that song every day. Uh, I have a little yeah, uh, Makers and Coke. I don't even like Coke. Very good. I had to put it with something. I have I have black coffee in one thing, and I have and Shivers. Shivers. Yay. How fast Superman whiskey. Well, happy birthday, old friend. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. Yay. Salud. What are you mm-hmm. eating? I gotta get food birthday too. cake. Now I oh come on. I, I am. I'm eating I'm eating a piece of birthday cake and I have a green apple for <clears throat> for my mouth noise because I noticed a lot of mouth noise as I was editing. It's good to figure this out on the hundredth and final episode. Yeah, hundred mm. episodes. Yeah. All mm. right. So we will do golden shields or we will not. What was the final? I forgot about it. So literally as the categories come up, and you will remind me of the categories, and I will make I will I will be like the way Fred is with actual Sheila's, where he waits until the end of the conversation and then he comes up with his rating. Mm-hmm. I will, you give me a category, I'll scroll through the 12 episodes we did this year and I'll oh, say okay, like, good. this is the one. Good. Anyway, I'm not worried about that, but um, good, good, yes, good. I think we should do it, but I didn't. Um, so we're I not going to uh, do a cumulative, labor. it's not like a cumulative final. It can be whatever. Do you think it matters now? No, do whatever. It yes, it can matter. be whatever. No, we it can be whatever. Year. We should just I know, do this I, year. I'll, I'll throw out what Jason said. So there's the Golden Shield Academy. It was best manualist performance this mm. year only. Um, favorite all-time Arthropod Squad member. Best movie wow. we reviewed this year only. Worst movie we reviewed this year only. <laughs> Biggest good or bad surprise this year only. Favorite overall episode this year and all time. Favorite mm. argument this year and all time. Favorite shallot appearance this year and all time. So Fantastic. there we go. And then we can come up with other shit too. This is going to go on for days and days and days. So this way, Dan, you can never leave. God in hell. God <laughs> really, in I thought heaven. this was it. We're like, no, no, we got to finish up tomorrow. Oh, we, we didn't finish. We got to finish next month. We're going to add another movie to the mix. We got to finish yeah. next month. We got to watch while we're recording. Yeah. Watch the film. That'll be then, good. No, that would be good. Oh, we see, never did that. That's what we never, we never did that. Well, the we commentary can. Next time track I'm thing. in New York. 
Okay. We'll For see. what purpose? <laughs> now that you've you've torpedoed the podcast, Jason and I will talk. <clears throat> exactly. We'll see. Oh if, snap! We'll we'll oh. see if you'll be invited on <laughs> as a guest in the future. That's fine. That's what I want. I want to be the special bad. guy. That's like I want to do in. one a year. I'm the ringer. I'm the guy you 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 through through. Uh, I'm the guy you bring in at the end of the season to help you make the playoffs. That's it. I saw Dan. That's and then we don't Dan- make it. <laughs> you know, every, every time we <laughs> every time we have like Kevin Shinnecon, Dan's like, ah, that's the gig I want. Come in once every year, year and a half. Be delightful and charming. The Be difference like, is Kevin comes on once, you know, every now and then. And he's like, yeah, he's just nice to everyone. He's like, I don't want to. Dan will come on and just be like, fuck Ed Burns. Fuck this person. He sucks. Well, <laughs> is because, because you know, uh, Kevin's very wise. He works in the industry. <laughs> Whenever you hear somebody in the industry, it's like, well, people work so hard on movies, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. This is, like, is going to kill. If, if any of us ever get anywhere in life <laughs> and what's left <laughs> in <laughs> our lives, <laughs> It's going to be like a nightmare. It's going to be like, oh, I heard your stupid podcast. Oh, this is what you think of me. I'd be like, I never thought I'd meet you, sir. I never thought I'd meet you, Wally Sparks. <laughs> never thought I'd meet you, Wally Sparks. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to episode 100 of Opening Weekend. I'm Jason O'Connell. Oh, you and I am once this again. This is a holiday episode. Welcome, welcome, well, welcome. January 15th. And this will get released weekend. in February. January okay. party. Sing it anyway. Right. Go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Opening Weekend holiday party. <laughs> that holiday is MLK Day. <laughs> it's not the one you thought it was gonna be, Smarty. New Year's came and it went, but we're still drinking like it's December 31st. Uh, but like the end of the year, all good things and bad things, all things. Hitler came to an end. Everything comes to an end at some point. This is one of the good things. I haven't even taken a sip of this yet. Oh, just just smelling compared it. our podcast to Hitler. No. <laughs> I said all things come to an end. But the good thing. Well done, Kanye. You won the contest. Uh, it's, it's, there's a lot of, a lot of emotions, people. Mm. Lots of emotions. Mm. It is our 100th episode of Opening Weekend. I am Jason O'Connell. I am once again joined by my dear friends, Fred Berman and Dan Matisa. And here we are, the 100th episode of Opening Weekend, a momentous milestone that is as bittersweet as it is celebratory because it is also the last episode of Opening Weekend, at least in its current incarnation. I keep saying that. And then someday historians... There won't be any historians, but historians maybe will go back and say they never made another one. Or they'll say that Dan guy was just holding them back. We don't know what will be said in the future. But the beautiful I thing about this. I wanted to make more episodes. You guys refused from are day you, one. From I'm day gonna one, put, I said, let's go 200. Let's go 250. You guys are like, nah, it's over. You're a liar. You son of a bitch. This podcast, it kept us sane, creative, connected to one another during a very scary and uncertain time in all our lives. But it is. It's a different time now. And as our lives have returned to something approaching normalcy, it's become more and more difficult for us to get together and produce this in as timely a fashion as we would like. And I know we all love it. And I 
think there very well may be a future for this show, but it's too early for Fred and I to know what that might look like. Um, and I say Fred and I because Fred and I are both ne'er-do-well actors who've never done an honest day's work in our lives. But Daniel is a professor and a master of the fine arts and has little God. time for such shenanigans now that the youth of Illinois need someone to teach them about Brecht. So... I think this is going to be our loosest episode. I honestly have no idea what's going to happen. As we've been saying, we're supposed to be doing golden sheilas, but you know what? I, I don't know. I, I mean, I forgot about it. And I even told them what categories we're doing. I forgot. And then there'll be movies. This is a, ostensibly a podcast uh, about movies and uh, movie nostalgia. And uh, we're talking about two films this week. And for the first time, we're looking back to two very different years. We've never done that before. We've always stayed at least in the same year, uh, I think. Yes, I don't think there's been one where we've split years, unless we're doing like a top 10 list or something. Uh, the first is 1977 and the release of William Friedkin's Sorcerer, which we'll get into, and, and 2015, which was the release of the last film the three of us saw together in a theater on an opening weekend, Star Wars The Force Awakens. And the synergy of these choices is plain. Uh, as we said at the end of our last episode when we chose these films, uh, we started this podcast with the original Star Wars nearly four years ago, three and a half years ago. So it seems fitting to wrap things up with the movie that withered in its shadow almost 50 years ago, as well as the film that is a de facto remake of it, courtesy of J.J. Abrams. Um, anyway, anyway, so that's that's what we're doing. Film Now, I did, with the two different years, I don't know whether maybe a crack in the multiverse. I don't know what's going to happen. Oh, it's the space-time uh, continuum has been the space ripped. Space-time continuum the time might phone be... Is, is, look at it over here. It's... it's <laughs> is like it already starting to, to boil and froth? Um, <laughs> it's getting moist. Anyway, I could say, Fred and Dan, where were you in both 1977 and 2015? <laughs> or I could just say, how are you? How you feeling? <laughs> what, what, are your what are your thoughts about... Fred, you go. Bringing this uh, this ship in for the landing. Oh, I'm 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 very sad. I'm very sad. I love you guys. Uh, you you, you know that. Um, and um, both of us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll say it. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> maybe one a little bit more. Than yes, the other, I know who. Because they're Boom. not a quitter. No, no. Um, <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, no, no. I love you guys, and this has been the. Um, you know, it, it, it's uh, the fact that we are going back and we'll talk about this. The fact that we are going back to to talk about Force Awakens is very apropos because I think about that time when when we went uh, to see that all for your wedding, Dan. Mm. I, I mean, Kate and I, for a long time after we talked about that as being we had never laughed so hard. Like we, that, that evening, and I remember, and Bob was there too, Bob and Crystal. Um, and like, I remember just being in, in that living room and that we were all staying at and, yeah. and just, just laughter, laughter, laughter. And like you guys making me laugh. And, <laughs> and that's what this podcast has been. Like I have never, I mean, I'm getting a little, you know, the clem talking about it. Like I've never, <laughs> I've never laughed so hard in my life as when mm. I'm with you guys. Yeah. Uh, and, and for me, it was always like, it, there was also like, can I even keep up with these 
two guys. Like I wasn't, you know, it was like I could just go along for the ride and listen mm-hmm. to you guys go back and forth. And every now and then I'll jump in with a, you know, a, 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 a stupid sex joke or a bad, you know, <laughs> piss poor impersonation. Uh, Excuse me. Boob <laughs> story. Boob pop story. <laughs> but, um, no, it's been like, that was the thing. And especially in the beginning with COVID. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, so much about that time was like the connection and having the connection and, and uh, and sharing that time with you. And, and even when we had to move away from the once a week to the, you know, every two weeks or even like every month or whatever it was, it was just always knowing, all right, I'm going to go downstairs in my base. I'm going to get in the booth and I know I'm going to laugh my ass off and have more fun than I will with anyone else anywhere else. Oh, uh, and that's been the best part of it. And also just to the, to the most talented people I know and smartest people I know. And it's just, it's been great. So I'm like, if nothing else, I mean, I know we'll still have that outside of this, but it's been just so great to know, like even at the times when I've been at my worst or emotionally like, Oh, I'm not, you know, mentally, I've never not been ready to do this, but like whatever, just mentally in another place, just knowing, all right, I'm going to go and these motherfuckers are going to make me laugh and, and and the world to be a better place because of that. Mm. And whenever I tell people about the podcast, you know, the first thing I say is I was like, you got to listen to it. It's great. Jason O'Connell and Damon are the two funniest people in the world. Um, and you know, even I even remember when we did that uh, during the pandemic, we got together with Ethan, who, you know, started this whole thing off, you know, and right. God bless. we got to give yeah. big props Ethan. to Ethan. Yes. You know, thank Ethan God for James Ethan Duff. Duff. Ethan James Duff got this, you know, he, he got this whole thing started no with his. No podcast without him. Yeah. I mean, Jay, you know, and I, and I thank Jason for even coming up with the idea of saying, hey, I wonder if we can do this. Uh, you know, and and the, the fact that I was even in the mix and then to have Ethan say, yeah, you can do this and I'll show you how. Yeah. Uh, and he got us through it. But then, remember, we we the, we all got together. It was the three of us and Ethan and his wife, Lenore, and we played some game. I don't remember what it was. It was via Zoom. It's very funny. Um, I can't yeah. remember what yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And again, it was just, uh, I, I, Kate and I just doubled over in laughter the whole time. And, and that's what this has been. And it's just been a joy. It's been great. And um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to miss that, but it's, but thank you. Thank you guys, you know, oh, for. Thank you. So oh. sweet, Fredo. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I you. I disagree on most of everything you said. <laughs> I'm going to go the other way on it. Episode one ended and I went, oh, how many of these, how many are we going to slog through here? Here we are. It's seven and a half years later. Still. It's only three and a half. It's oh, just three and a half. It feels, it feels like seven It is amazing to go back and listen. Like I've been, you know, I know you do this, Jason, yeah. because we're fucking, the two of us are like steeped in nostalgia. We can't <laughs> let the past go. I'm so no. stuck. I'm like, move fucking. Dan's smart. Dan's like, we got to move forward. Move He's forward. Like, right, we did this. Yeah. Now, the world's still turning. But listening to that first episode, I mean, it's amazing. Just to hear, none of us really knew what it was going to be. And you sort of hear the creation of what, where we are now, (laughs) you know, especially, I remember Dan going off and like, suddenly we got, he picked up the phone and this guy, we found out his name was Eustace was on the phone, (laughs) you know? All right, let's take our first caller. (laughs) Yes, go ahead, please. Uh, You didn't talk about Mr. Spock. How come you didn't bring bones into it? I like that Bones. That's my favorite character. 
And we got a letter from Sheila, who's become like all these little things that That's I'm not saying that they didn't actually happen because they did, but they, they, they went through happened. Dan. For but they went through Dan. For some reason, I, they had Dan's phone number and his address. I and thank God, there. because it was all set up there. So who all right, let's go to the mailbag. Uh, we, have our first, <laughs> we have our first letter. That's M-A-L-E. M-A-L-E. Sheila from Sacramento writes, <laughs> how are you guys? I'm a big fan, longtime listener, first time writer. And she says, uh, I love Star Wars too. And you guys are doing a great job. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you, Thank Sheila. Sheila. Thank you so much. I'll do the sound effects. Very nice of you. That's what's hard about, here's the thing. What's hard about I'll just be very frank. What Fred and I have grappled with in talking about continuing is Dan comes in with his little spark of genius. He turns on the microphone and so many of the things that make the podcast what it is. Yes. Come from him and came from him right away. I was going to say the same thing, Fred, like the mail sack, <laughs> the, the phone ringing, the things like uh, rank these uh, Star Wars battle. I mean, nonsense. He always wants to rank things and list things and I, it, like the, these elements to the and then farting with his hands. Who does that? Monkeys? <laughs> what? Who farts with their hands? Dan. Um Oh, God. <laughs> but there are there's so many elements to what gives the the podcast its peculiar personality. I mean, we all do. We all bring our own thing to it. But but so much of uh, so much of the joy and the freewheeling nature of it, because uh, you're right, Fred. At first it was like, OK, well, what is this? Are we doing a we're doing a movie podcast and we should sound like we know what we're talking about. And then it became very clear. It really didn't matter <laughs> if we knew what we were talking about because we were having such a good, good time. Um, yeah. And there's, so there's a lot, uh, of what Dan brings to it that is, uh, yeah, really special and, and, and impossible to replicate. I was going to ask you you order these battles of the star Wars universe, subjugation of Geonosis, (laughs) battle, battle of Yavin, (laughs) occupation of Bespin. You are clearly looking at something. You can't No, I know this by the back of my hand. Film subjugation of Geonosis. Liberation of Ryloth. Oh, come on. And Sith Civil War. Order the, Put those in order, and we'll be back with <laughs> boring our audience to tears. And Fred, among the many things you've introduced to the podcast and were a champion of, the nostalgia part of this podcast, the part that's about us, not just us and our friendship, but us and our histories and our backstories. And, and it's something that Really, I think people who listen respond to more than, you know, what we thought about a particular movie, uh, per se. I I have to credit you with being the driver of that, even though we all did it. We always did. Like you were the champion of it from very early on, like making sure that didn't really didn't get undercut. Because I just you know? wanted to talk more about myself. That was what well, it was. That's fine, though. But I mean, I think it's a very important part of the. It's a very, very important part of the yeah. absolutely the well, show I, I and the dynamic, and it, it just it's it became a staple. Whereas it it could have been the type of thing that floated in and out, or that yeah. became like a, as we're talking about a movie, we'll talk about some of these memories, but instead to do it separately as a let's get where we were, who we were, and where mm-hmm. we were at the time that these things were released into the world, just was a v- very important and a big, big and and you're. Again, I'll say championing of that as like a major element of the podcast, I think, is what m- has made it continue to be such a, a strong element and 
and such an important element all the way through. To give you the history of when I saw it, because I, I I promised at the beginning. Who did you lie to this time? <laughs> Everyone. So I I too Dan was a little scared when the movie first came out. I remember seeing the commercials, and there was something about it that seemed. I I, I remember seeing him on the front of the truck, and you know it bending and him falling down. I remember being scared by mm-hmm. that and thinking, oh I don't know, this movie seems too intense for me. Um, but I was the movie guy. And well, that was Han Solo and it was Steven Spielberg and it was expected of me to see right. it. But I was a little scared. It just seemed, like I said, intense. I'm like, I, I don't know. It was. So when the movie came out and I remember we were, I was at the Munsee Park Elementary School um, and I'm, I'm going to jump back. As I said, I had seen the scene from History of the World Part 1 and it was something that me and my friends had spoken about a lot of Cloris Leachman hopping her boob and we're on the steps that lead down to the playground for recess and all my friends are gathered around going so Fred did you see it? You, you saw it you saw it I said well of course I saw it <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the movie guy guys God. and they said okay so so much like with Clash of the Titans and you know and they're like oh tell us about the Pegasus part here they said oh what happens when the monkey dies when the monkey dies and I went <laughs> Let me tell you. So the monk, now I had no idea. I hadn't seen it. So I made up this story and I said, so what happens is the monkey dies, right? And I knew there was a girl in the movie. That's all I knew. So I said, well, the monkey dies and the girl, right? She's in the shower. So she comes out of the shower and she sees the monkey dead and she's got these knitting needles in her hand and she goes, oh my God. And she puts the needles to her boob and she popped her boob. <laughs> you, are, you are ridiculous. Oh my God. And they all God. looked at me and I guess they believed me. So to this day, they did not believe I remember. You. When you say they looked at me and I guess they believed me, they looked at you and they thought, and people don't pop their boobs. <laughs> In movies that aren't Mel Brooks movies, Fred. <laughs> I was just trying to back up your, I mean, because your initial idea had always stuck with me. Like, it, like, not just to talk about the movies, but where we were when the movies came out. And that was the thing that was like, oh, that's it. And so. That's fun yeah. for the listeners, too. And yeah, too, and because I was always, then they you know, think about where they were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was always yeah. important. In a way, I was like, I just want to, I want to um, help you to fulfill that initial vision, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. which I thought was important. No, this has been, uh, it, it, it goes without saying it's been an absolute joy. It goes without saying that I do nothing for the podcast. I show up, <laughs> I roll out of bed, I wipe the sleep out of my eyes and I go, what movies are we doing? You guys do so, so, so much. And this podcast, I, I, I will literally go a different way. The podcast's personality comes from what you guys do, not only on the podcast, but after it. The posters, incredible. The 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 segues, Fred. Fred. The characters that you both do. The, the now we know they're real and they actually really call in. But the, <laughs> I do like Mike, this is something I realized. This is something I realized. With the exception of Ed Burns, I do no one real. <laughs> and he's barely real. My people are made up. We're made up. They're made up people. 
She was made up. Eustace Wait, what? is made up. Don't you the, don't you dare say that. Don't I'm you sorry. dare say that. I'm sorry. I know you're Cut upset that. that you and Cut. Sheila went separate ways and she's married yeah. to Richard Dreyfus now, but Who's don't you say that. I won't say it. You know the truth. You know the real truth behind the fake <laughs> truth with in, in inside of its fakery. But <laughs> oh god, but the and then you have Jason's post-production stuff which is Beyond, beyond, you could have a second career just doing that, Jason. You really could, because the way you create the 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 tone, the pace, the mood of the podcast with all the sound clips and all of the 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 um um you know effects and things that you've found over the years, that I mean, I will be listening to it, and that's what the beauty of listening back to mm-hmm. it after it's been put out there is the surprise that always comes with. Oh, he had, he now has the Machichi theme in here, followed by <laughs> six farts. Oh, for fuck's sake! Like it's, <laughs> and I—that's what makes me cry laughing. Not my own stupidity, but the, everything that you guys um, bring to it. I really look at this as sort of, you know, I I have a ball, and I have, and I have. To, my job here is to th- figure out all the ways to throw the ball to you guys. And every once in a while, if you throw the ball to me, I come up with some stupidity. But if you if, if but, but I'm I'm really I see myself as sort of the the table setter for your guys uh, brilliance. And as far as like, you know, throwing things like, you know, like phone calls in the mail sack, I just know because I knew you guys that that is a, <laughs> that is something you would take and, and run with. But then there are times, you know, when it's like <laughs> we'll get to the, end of the episode and I'll go, please cut everything I said from from 30 minutes, 11 seconds through 45 minutes because it made no sense. And the thing you guys came up with later in the episode is better and should replace that other thing. This is a little <clears throat> inside baseball of how the podcast actually works. That's right. 50% That's right. of what I say gets cut and should be cut. <laughs> no. Because it's nonsense. It's what, yeah, that's the th- I'm always being taken to task. For what I cut, what I, especially by Fred. This is the first time you've even mentioned it. Dan's always asking to have stuff cut. I want things Fred's cut. Al- Fred's always like, so I noticed. Uh, yeah, I'll be like, Jesus Christ, we talked for three hours. How'd you notice this? Well, I know. But that's also because he does the sound mix. So he listens to all the he raw material right after yeah. we're done. And so it sticks in his head. And then when it's gone and he's, and he's like, God, that was a great story. About the first code I fucked on. (laughs) (laughs) First of many. (laughs) No, we kept that story. But, you know, I mean, uh, but there are some. Actually, there's only one time you've ever asked me to. Yeah, one thing that we he told it. It was beautiful. Then he was like, you can't. You can't. Yeah, you thought about it. I was like, maybe for the final episode, I'll be like, oh, all right, I'll tell the story. Oh, but no, 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 no. Why no. do that? You have children. Yeah. yeah. Um, to this day. But I'll just, yeah. I'll go a little, I, uh, you guys have oh, really please. said it all. I'll just go, I'll, I'll say this. This has been um, one of the most fun and um, funny and touching um, things that I've ever been involved with, um, either creatively or with friends or with loved ones. And I love you guys um, ever in my life. So um, I am sad to see it go, even though I'm, you know, <laughs> the one who's in essence <laughs> initiating the, that this is the final episode. But, um, you know, I have I've loved every single 
minute of this and uh, thank you both. It's been, it's been, it's been great. And yeah, I think about the COVID years of doing this, right. Yeah. Or however year, however long it was that we were really half, just hold up here yeah. uh, in our homes. And so, I mean, the world was so different then. Right. And, and, and it's, and yet, and yet a lot of it's still the same, but we, but we, um, you know, found ourselves as the world did sort of sitting there going, what do we, what do we do to feed ourselves creatively? That will be in essence, something we we know that we're going to like doing that will not mm-hmm. seem, you know, that will not seem like it's a it's work. And it really didn't. You know, it yeah. really didn't. It was just like breathing with you guys. I couldn't imagine doing this with anybody else. Thank oh. you. And salud. And now it's over. Uh, I'm gone, baby. I'm out. <laughs> See ya. Salud. Salud. We all. I- no, it was really, it was like a form of therapy, you know, in so many ways. Yes. I mean, yeah. especially like going back and the nostalgia aspect of it. Um, but all, I think all three of us, you know, had our own share of, 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 of magic to bring to it. There was a, it was, it was like wizardry. It was like, we were, it was, it was like we were sorcerers. <laughs> oh, we no. conjured, oh, we conjured this oh, all up. Oh God. We packed it into a truck. Drove it into the jungle, and we waited for for the dynamite Jesus. just to blow, and and it and it and did it blew. And blow. It, it did blew. <laughs> blow. It did. I had some other nice things to say, but I'll save them for the end of the episode because now we're talking about <laughs> sorcerer. In 1971, William Friedkin directed The French Connection. It received five Academy Awards, including Best Picture of the Year. In 1974, he directed The Exorcist. It made history. Since then, Friedkin has spent over two years in five countries on three continents, creating his latest film, an unusual adventure into the realm of suspense. Working in a garage is not exactly Camelot, but it's where I met Zack. I'm a wizard who works alone. Not anymore. Now they tell me I need an apprentice. And he's it. The Merlin? You have to be over 1,600 years old. Well, I do 30 push-ups a day and I don't eat fried food. Did you part the Red Sea? Oh, I'm good, but I'm, I'm not that good. Sorcerer. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In no way, shape, or form about a sorcerer, this thing stars Roy Scheider and is directed by William Friedkin, who famously instructed his nephew Joshi to bitch about its failure to anyone with ears at the Horizon School. Fred and Dan, what'd you guys think about my fake intro to Sorcerer, the plot of which actually goes a little something like this. In a small South American town, four expats on the run from the law are offered $10,000 apiece and legal citizenship if they will transport a shipment of dangerously unstable nitroglycerin to an oil well 200 miles away. Led by Jackie Scanlon, played by Roy Scheider after Friedkin's original choice, Steve McQueen, passed on the role, the men set off on a hazardous journey, fighting for their lives as they contend with dangerously rocky roads, unstable bridges, attacks from local guerrillas, and the unrealistic expectations of a director who named his movie after a magical wizard, even though it features zero magical wizards, and then spent the rest of his career whining about how his film was rendered inconsequential after a movie about magical space wizards was released just one month earlier. 
son of a bitch. You insensitive asshole. In what I believe has to be an opening weekend first, BoxOfficeMojo.com cites Sorcerer as having conjured up <laughs> only $7,512 in theaters. To be fair, though, those are only its international earnings. If it made any money in the United States of America, BoxOfficeMojo.com, a subsidiary of IMDb, has zero record of it. Now that said, Wikipedia claims this made as much as $9 million worldwide, which is still abysmal, but far better than $7,512. Of course, Wikipedia also thinks Hillary Clinton molests children in pizzerias, depending on who's editing any given entry. So who's to say what really went on there? Anyway, to reiterate, Sorcerer failed because A, it features 100% fewer sorcerers than the title led viewers to believe. B, the first 15 minutes feature as much spoken English as the first 15 minutes of the Star Wars Holiday Special. And C, Star Wars itself, the giant record-smashing movie, not the woeful holiday special that bears its name, opened at the same time and took all the theaters away from poor sorcerer that tried so hard to be so serious and important and edgy and boo-hoo. One of your movies didn't make money, poor William Friedkin. You'll only be remembered for The Exorcist and The French Connection. How terrible it must be a Star Wars fault. Oh, oh, I'm William Friedkin. Oh, I have so much sand in my gina. Anyway, Fred, Dan, the ghost of Joshy Friedkin, Geppetto, Tote, Sayer of the Flaw, Smidgen, and anyone else who cares to weigh in, what'd you all think of Sorcerer? I liked it. <laughs> I have a feeling, if I may, I'm going to preemptively award the best Intro. golden shield argument to whatever <laughs> follows. Oh no. Because oh no. I think this is going to be a case of what I like to call the blade the runner scenario. Oh. <laughs> the blade Sorry. runner scenario. Okay. Go ahead. I'll start and then I'll go back. I think this film is a near masterpiece. You got to be fucking kidding. Um, go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> was this your first time seeing it? No. So let me go back and give a little little uh, 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 context and play-by-play. Play. There's no way Sorcerer would have ended up on this podcast if Fred was not like, we got to watch Sorcerer. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I'll, and I'll right. tell you yes, why. We because, decided that last week. Yeah. And yeah. because I, I, after I rewatched it a couple months ago. So this movie goes, this movie in many ways has just as much, in, in, in a weird sort of alternate universe way, has just as much import to me, I realized, as Star Wars does. And I think the whole thing- What planet are you from? What have you done with Fred, <laughs> Fred, Rick, <laughs> Alan, James, Luke, Lucas, Berman? Are you going to let me explain? you going to let me talk? Go ahead. Yes. All right. Okay. But it's crazy. This is why the podcast- you're just, you're just, you're just, you're just, They're just looking for clicks. I don't know what that means. <laughs> It's not Berman, crazy. That's what they call him. It's not crazy. This is why the podcast I, is ending because of this kind of thing. <laughs> no, it's no, 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 no. The podcast is ending because you like Baby's Day at way back when. <laughs> we'll that was when. No, it was really. It was episode two when the you like Super Mario cast. Brothers. That's when we like, realized. Oh fuck! Those I babies got a bad may about call this. in. <laughs> they may call in later. Don't you bad mouth those babies? Listen. No, we can't. This movie. I, the whole thing about Star Wars eclipsing it, Jason's, yes, that that was something that happened, but I think Jason made it, uh, uh, 
I don't think people walk around going, there, there, aren't, there aren't like sorcerer cons where people walk around going, God damn, Star Wars, they destroyed sorcerer. No, you'd have, a, you'd have a sorcerer con if there were sorcerers in it because nerds like to have cons about things. Nobody has like, there's a truck it's, and everybody dies. It's a stupid name for the movie. Everybody has a convention. It's a, mis- yes. it's a mistake. Yes, but that, that's got nothing to do with the quality of the movie. Right. So this Joshi Friedkin that everyone talks about is not an actual person, but it's based on an actual person. When I, growing up, when I was really, when I was very young, my friend Josh Kleinberg and I used to make Super 8 movies. We were really, we'd make claymation Godzilla movies. We had Super 8 cameras. We would hand splice. We were really into making movies and doing this stuff. Our parents noticed that and they said, let's see if we can find a summer camp where you can do more of that. They found this program was called the Horizons program at the New York Institute of Technology, a Long Island or Old Westbury. So Josh and I went, and I've talked about this before. My first year there, there was a kid. I mean, they're all the, you know, the counselors, obviously, but we were two of the youngest. And there was this kid, and I don't, I can't remember his name. I can see him like he was, like he's here in the booth with me. I've talked about him. He sort of had like an Alfred E. Newman look, uh, you know, red curly hair, freckles, glasses. Sexy. Very deep voice and but he was like the first true film nerd that I ever met he was a guy that like loved film so much I, I remember he showed he, he brought in uh, American Werewolf in London and Clockwork Orange and like he was the first person who started to talk about them and I was like wow that guy knows a lot about movies and shit that I never heard of one of which was this movie called Sorcerer and from as, from what I could tell this movie, n- until the 90s, you couldn't get mm-hmm. on on VHS. Yeah. You couldn't get anywhere. However, I think, I think they released, because it's based on a, on a French movie called The Wages of Fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there was a cut, and I, I, I it's hard to substantiate uh, the timeline of this, but at some point, someone made a cut of Sorcerer to be more like The Wages of Fear. Um, and they I think they might have aired it on TV under the name The Wages of Fear. Again, this is something I found on YouTube. I don't know how apocryphal it is, like if it actually aired. Whatever the case is, this kid had Sorcerer on, on I don't know if it was beta back then or VHS or reel to reel. He had it and he brought it in. And I remember being in this back room, this editing bay, and all the counselors were flipping out about it because they're like, holy shit, you have Sorcerer? And I was like, what the fuck is Sorcerer? And he started to tell the story about how this is William Friedkin. Again, I didn't know who he was, but I remember him showing clips of The Exorcist and being like, what the fuck is that? You know, I didn't know any of this stuff. So all of this, like, this stuff is being introduced to me for the very first time. And I remember him putting Sorcerer into an editing bay and, like, fast-forwarding and speeding through scenes. And we basically watched the whole movie and then hearing the stories of how, whether or not it would have done well, it didn't matter because Star Wars came out and everyone was like, we're done with that. So it wasn't so much the fact that, like, Star Wars came out and people are like, no, Sorcerer should have been the biggest movie. There were a lot of other problems, which I think is the name. You know, his he's got his own reasoning for why it's called Sorcerer. And it's sort of stupid. It's not stupid it's the reasoning. Name of one of the trucks. It's it's a name you can see right. it on the truck for like a millisecond. It's not even Roy Scheider's truck. 
No, see, and it's, it's, it's just... You see Pazuzu on the truck. Did you notice that? Yes, I did see that. Pazuzu from The Exorcist? I noticed that as well. What? This, this last time I saw the it. The demon? Yeah. Right. I thought it was... I, th- um, I assumed it was Joe Isuzu, played by David Leisure. <laughs> he sold them those trucks. <laughs> you can trust me. Um, so yes, no. The, so yes, it's named Sorcerer, but yeah. But there was another reason, right? There well, was his, a, his uh, reasoning was that because the movie, it's a him, and I understand it's all about fate. You know, and how fate, it, it, you can't outrun it. You can't escape destiny. It's mm. the cruelty of fate. And it's, it, fate is like yeah, a sorcerer. Especially that ending. Yeah, especially that ending. Yeah. So uh, it, it always just stuck in my mind. And and then I didn't, he, you know, it, it, it disappeared. It disappeared. And every now and then I would see like the poster of it somewhere, of the, the truck on the bridge. And like every like 10 years or so. That sequence was so, Amazing. Yeah, it's fucking harrowing. Yeah. Someone would bring it up and I'd be like, oh my God, you know Sorcerer? <laughs> and it, it was like, if pe- the people that knew about it were like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So that being said, I finally, when William Friedkin died, uh, and I, I never had anything in me where I was like, oh, it's a brilliant movie. I, you know, I'm going to defend it. It was just always so interesting to me. And I, and then I'd read about it, like Peter Biskin's book, uh, Easy Riders, Raging Bulls. Mm-hmm. I remember, which is a, gr- a great book about the movie <sighs> making in the seventies. I remember there's a whole thing about it in there. And I was like, holy shit, oh, it's wow. a movie. So when William Friedkin died, all these things kept mentioning. So many people were like, Exorcist, French Connection, To Live and Die in L.A., but let's not forget Sorcerer. It's a great fucking movie. And there was like this reevaluation of it. Mm. And I started to, you know, look up interviews and look up stuff on YouTube. And I saw they had, you could watch the entire movie on YouTube. So I did. And I got to say, right from the start, when I when I started to rewatch it that that first time after decades, I found it fascinating. I was like, they don't make, maybe now they do, but for a long time, they didn't make movies like this. I I was riveted. I understand you used to be in banking. That's the rumor. Mm -hmm. I have no idea it was the subject of rumor. Carlos here used to be an ex-rights marshal. Right, Carlos? I am a sorcerer. A magician, a witch. What is your profession, Mr. Dominguez? Dominguez. Ice hockey. Read about this place in the travel brochure. I heard it had a healthy climate. I am a sorcerer. Now what you expect? It was exactly what I expected. I am a sorcerer. I can make things happen. I can see the future. You learn to do all that. One of the reasons why I was pushing this to you guys after I saw it that first time, one, I was like, I feel like more people need to see this movie. I feel like it's just, it's got so much to offer uh, visually and and as, as, as the way it tells the story. Um, Dan looks like he's about to fall asleep right now. I can't tell if he's... <laughs> but... <laughs> I just thought this needs to be seen, but also it struck me uh, sorry, I as like, wow, th- this movie, the fact that- You're talking about this- Sorcerer. Let me just make yes. sure, <laughs> make sure I'm in the, the right- The fact that this movie <laughs> right was movie. there when Star Wars started, to me, I'm like, that, it's so uh, meaningful in the terms of Symbolic. movie making and Hollywood, you know, because people yeah. talk about, which I've never seen, Heaven's Gate- is like the movie, and, and and this gets lumped into that, that like Heaven's Gate and Sorcerer were sort of the movies, more Heaven's Gate, that destroyed, that brought down like auteur filmmaking in Hollywood, where suddenly the studios were like, 
wow, the 70s was a good run for you guys. No more. No more. Because, you know, with Heaven's Gate, it like famously, they just filmed forever and forever and forever. And Michael Cimino just kept going and money, 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 money spent. And it was a huge dud. Again, I never saw that. The difference is... Is there a sorcerer in that movie? Is there an actual sorcerer? (laughs) I think Warren Beatty might have been a sorcerer in that. Okay, good. That's Heaven Can Wait. Oh, sorry. Heaven's Gate. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Heaven Can Wait had a sorcerer. That would be great if Warren Beatty played a sorcerer outside Heaven's actual (laughs) gate. Casting spells on people who go up there. (laughs) Casting spells on people and making them make unwieldy movies (laughs) that destroy the film industry in the 70s. Really? (laughs) (laughs) But the difference between those two movies, Heaven's Gate, I think Sorcerer is, is. Fantastic and amazing. And I'm trying to get it all in now because I don't want to have a Blade Runner incident where I, I'm shopping and suddenly I call Jason going, no, no, I need to go back and get everything I feel about Blade Runner. I still Runner. remember. You, I, every time I think of that, I think of shopping. you in the produce aisle. I think you told me you were in the produce was, aisle. Yeah. Like with, I, every time, and to this day, if I go buy produce, if I go buy produce. You think of Rutger think Hauer of, dying of, in the rain. Yeah. I think of you. Having a panic attack over broccoli, like being like, I didn't say enough. I could have done more, like Oscar Schindler. I could have done more. You insensitive asshole. Tangerine Dream, the soundtrack. That was that kid. Joshy Friedkin will keep calling him. He was raving. He loved Tangerine Dream, Tangerine Dream. And I remember he showed me uh, Risky Business because that was Tangerine Dream. All the music in that movie was, was, uh, they, they did that as well. Um... And watching it again, I was like, fuck, I, the music is fantastic. And you also go, that's where Stranger Things, they're, they're taking it from. Yes, they're doing Yeah, But I think this, so that's why I thought this movie was important for us to do. And I thought it would just be cool to do. But I also think it's a fucking great movie. And I, I really, both times, this is like one of the most visceral movies I've ever watched where it's like, you feel it's 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 fucking grueling. It's nihilistic. I mean, I think that's why people might turn away from it. It's it's there's nothing joyful about it. It's uh, but it's fucking visceral. You feel it every second. You feel like you're in the jungle. The sound design is unbelievable. Those the sounds the trucks make. I, to me, I'm just like from every moment from start to finish. I feel like I'm in it and I was never bored and I was never not sort of uh, on the edge of my seat. I don't know. I thought it was amazing filmmaking. There are some things that one can do if one has trouble falling asleep. There's Ambien. Works well. Maybe a little shot of whiskey. Uh, Playing a lullaby. (laughs) This movie. I've never felt, I almost pulled the first daughter with this. I felt asleep at least four times in this thing. Um, I, I thought that the first 30 minutes, you know, all the stuff before they get to South America, before they get to, before they all get down there, I thought was very well done. I was absolutely in. And I was like, oh, this is great. This is what this is going to be. This is going to be about these disparate. And you really don't know the fourth guy, you know, the first, you see him first, the assassin guy. You don't know he's going to be one of the four. You think the fourth guy is going to be that other guy who shows up down there and is, I guess, is a Nazi. And and that's who who that guy's after, as it turns out, is, is to 
take him out, I think. Um, or I don't know. I, there's a lot of confusing things <gasps> Holy about this shit. movie. I didn't even think yeah. about that. No, you I might don't know be if right. that's what it is, Fred, because that's a question I have. Or if he just killed yeah. him to get on the team or if he was sent there. You know, I don't I, I don't know. He's an assassin, though. You might be right because he came on a different plane. That guy, yeah. I don't think that that guy didn't come to like escape. I always no. got the impression that he was coming. That's a, lot a more really money good point. Stuff, so, but I never thought about that. I think you're absolutely right, okay. Dan. I think he came to to, to kill that Nazi yeah. and then be like, and I'm also going to take this job where I can make a lot of money. Yeah, and now I'm wow, out. that's really yeah, cool. So he's in and he's out, right? Um, but uh, you know, once we're you mentioned the film nihilism, I think you're absolutely right. I think it is by design, and I think it's risky to do that to in essence have four heroes in this thing that are really anti-heroes that are that are criminals oh, that God. are murderers yeah. that are are terrorists you know one of them is and and you know there's a mob and Roy Scheider's a mobster and and you know they cause death and destruction and mayhem everywhere they go and now we are supposed to root for them that's a tricky mm thing to try to pull off. And that's what didn't work for me the most is that I'm, I'm sitting there going, how do I make myself care about Roy Scheider? How do I make myself care about any of these guys? It, it, it's the, the movie assumes that because these guys are in peril, in a perilous situation, and because we should care about anyone who was in this perilous situation, having to drive nitroglycerin across the jungle, that we that that's going to be enough of an in, but it wasn't for me. It just wasn't. I I kept falling asleep and going. If I knew that this guy had a wife and kids back home, or if I knew that this guy was an unwitting mobster, or you know, or he's the one guy that that got into this mess through no fault of his own, I'd be Team Roy Scheider all the way. I'm like, yes, get out of there because you you're you're a man who you know you're like it's like North by Northwest. You're the man in the gray flannel suit who's caught up in this rather than a guy who mm. you know is is. Um, uh, the determiner of his own fate. And I think the movie is a lot about fate. And I think it's a lot about yeah. being cursed, you know, and I think it's a lot about hubris and things like that. I think it's trying to deal with some big themes here. Um, yeah. And I think that the action sequences are, you know, when I call them action, it's really just suspense sequences going across that bridge, trying that bridge to- scene. God, it's fantastic. Holy it's shit. So and there's no well CGI. Freakin's a great filmmaker. He's terrific. There's no question about it. And and there's, there's lots that, um, there's lots to like about the film, but the buy-in of at least one of these four guys has to be there. And I really didn't care about any of the four. I, you know, I, it's fascinating to hear you two go because I agree with both of you and disagree with both of you in some measure. I think it's interesting when Dan, when you say the beginning of the movie is where you were you were all in. And when they got to the jungle, you were out. It's kind of the opposite for me. I think it's interesting that that original film starts in the jungle. I think what hinders this movie a lot is, is the drawn out opening. Really? You're introducing us to people there. That's fascinating. It is a long stretch because you, like you say, don't know who these people are. Don't know who they are to each other. You don't find out until 45 minutes in, then you're like, oh, the movie's starting now. Yes. That's a long time to wait for a movie to start. It makes me think of, <laughs> honestly, it makes me think of Peter Jackson's King Kong, where I'm like, this really is taking forever to start. Yeah. That's, it's an indulgent, it's a, a director who is very successful and is now a little indulgent and he's kind of, he's pushing it. And, uh, and I found it hard to, I also didn't, I didn't, they are not likable people. I never came to care about any of them, but what the movie does pretty masterfully in that, I, I'd say there's like a 40 minute section of this that's like an 
8.5 Sheila movie to me. And the rest of it is more like a 6.5. And it is that section where it's brilliantly choreographed and filmed and everything with the the truck over the bridges, the, the transporting of the nitroglycerin. It is so harrowing. Yeah. It is so, I mean, it's completely unrealistic that these trucks could ever get across these bridges, but it's still, that's okay. We buy it. Like it's done so well that I'm, I'm going along with it and I'm rooting for them and I don't know who they are or like them. All I know is that they're bad guys who are in this shitty position. And yet I'm, I am rooting for them to make it across because it is very human. It is visceral. It's you don't care who's driving that truck. You're just putting yourself in the truck. You're putting yourself on the bridge. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's a very interesting thing that he does. And it's funny, you mentioned North by Northwest, Dan. It makes me think of your favorite movie, Psycho. You're rooting for the serial killer to get away with it. When Marion's car oh, sure. yeah. looks like it's not going to sure. sink, you're, Hitchcock is putting you in the place yeah. of the detestable person because you find yourself hoping for what they're hoping yeah. for that's and right. rooting for them to get away with it for even if for a second, you know, and that's, that's what Friedkin does here. And I think it's really, really interesting. And I think what is interesting about, I mean, sorcerer, I, you're never going to get me to understand that title, but I am a sorcerer. But any kind of religious implications, the whole thing does feel like a journey of penance for all these people. Oh, it's like and they're going into like the circles uh, of hell. Uh, I mean, yeah, literally, yeah. it's like, it's like a, they're driving to a hellscape. Yes. And that's and that's what's really kind of fascinating about it symbolically that this is, uh, you know, this is the stations of the cross yeah. for them or something. This is the like trial. some journey of penance and, and you know, and that they and that even in the end when it seems like Roy Scheider has made it out the other side, then, you know, the, that last shot is very really interesting and uh uh yeah so i liked parts you know i'm teasing it uh you know at the outset because of its name and because of because all i'd ever heard about it was yes the the fact that it was like oh the movie that would have been the 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 movie of summer 77 if it wasn't for star wars and i think that's bullshit uh i i but i also think it is an interesting as you said fred you already mentioned this symbolically it does feel like the end or the tail end of that kind of trend in, in dark and gritty auteurist seventies cinema. It's like, that's the door is closing on that and opening on a new kind of, uh, audience friendly, consumer friendly blockbuster, you know, um, uh, playbook. And what's so funny too, it's like, you know, talking about, there's no, no one to root for, you know, when you have star Wars, you literally have black and white, you know, you have like the good, mm-hmm. well, no, I should say the stormtroopers are white. So, but there's definitely like, there's good versus evil, mm-hmm. you know, there's, mm-hmm. there, there, there's no, until we get to empire, you know, where the suddenly you're like, Oh, maybe he's not so evil, Darth Vader. There's no question. It's good versus evil that the old, you know, trope that's we've had since the dawn of man. And this is really, Again, another another reason why I like it and why I like movies like Blade Runner too. It's like there aren't easy answers. You know, there's no easy answers. There's no easy solutions. Um, and so it's interesting to to have a movie like that then dovetail into a movie where it's like, no, there's clearly, these are the people you root for. These are the people that you hiss for. And there's 
you know, this movie doesn't have that, I don't think. But that's, again, that's why I find it riveting. But I think a lot of movies, and I mean, that, that was the thing was in the 70s. 70s. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, I mean, you're here at French Connection, you're here as Popeye Doyle. He's a motherfucker. Yeah. You know, yeah. the godfather. Travis- you're rooting for the mafia. Right. It's right. just, it's just the, it, it is, it's just an extension of that trend sure. in that time. I think my favorite sequence in it is, and that's, I mean, the trucks, yes, that's, it's, you're, you're on the edge of the, your seat and like, Jesus Christ, you're never going to make it across that bridge. The, the problem solving, the mechanics of the problem solving with blowing up that tree, tree. I think that's a, that's a fascinating sequence. Great. I think there's like yeah, that was 20, 25 minutes in this that is like really like, wow. Yeah. Really. And then you're really like, oh yeah, that's fantastic. right. He, this guy makes bombs because that's what he does. Right. He's a terrorist. Yeah, you right. know? yeah, exactly. Uh, no, and no, what, it's, it, it has a lot. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on. But I, I yeah, I mean, it, 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 it took me a while to get into it. If it wasn't for this podcast, I would never <laughs> I wouldn't have made it through the half hour that it took sure. to get to the center of the movie. Uh, you know, I said when I first started to watch it. I didn't see, I didn't remember any of that opening stuff when, whenever we watched it back in Horizon. So maybe we fast, we fast forwarded through it. I don't know. But maybe, maybe that was more palatable to me only because I knew that we'd be seeing these people again later in the trucks. Like I sort of knew what was, was coming up. Mm. Had I, you know, had I come into a completely cold like you guys, I don't know. Maybe I would have felt differently about that, those opening scenes. Yeah. I don't know. But I, 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 yeah, I loved it from start to finish. Well, all right. And great hats. <laughs> Come on, great hats in this fucking movie. Yeah, well, it's a it was a time of hats. Jackie, the, yes, what that, Jackie Scanlon. <laughs> I mean, I was like, is this this might be like the greatest <laughs> name ever in a seventies movie? Jackie That's Scanlon. a great fucking name. <laughs> Oh. I think you, I, I, you know, I've always thought this about you and our friend Pete, that you really just want to, you want to get, uh, you want to see if the time phone can, has a button to fax you back to the 70s. Yes. I think you just want to be in the 70s and like you want to be wearing those hats and walking around Absolutely. with those ugly ties oh, and you just want to be, totally. you know. should watch, and, your personal hell, these guys are descending into hell, your personal hell should be watching Crossroads on a loop because that's the <laughs> upshot of those awful hats. Is that movie? <laughs> That's what you're destined to become. Is Ralph Macchio wearing that goddamn hat? Now listen, Sorcerer gets oh five God. Sheilas. Here's why: it's right on the beam. It's right in the middle. It's neither good nor bad. It's neither great nor shitty. It's a nice, sleepy time movie with occasional moments of oh, that's something. Five. <laughs> I'll go. Uh, I'll go seven. I, 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 I was. Uh, I was like, I, I think it's a six point five to a seven, but uh, I'll I'll go, I'll go seven. seven. Is I'll go seven. seven. I would never watch it again. Seven, seven is, is highish. All right, six point seven five. I'm splitting the diff. Splitting the diff. Splitting the diff. Little cardamom pancake. Oh, you smear to it. Sop up, smear it on. To sop up the nitroglycerin <laughs> there up the in the corner. goo of the nitroglycerin. Yeah, I'll go 6.75. There is like a 40-minute stretch that feels like an 8 or an 8.5 to me I, because it's just so well yeah. made. I give Sorcerer a 9.5. Oh, I sort of want to give it a 10. I've riveted, riveted from start to finish. <gasps> Dan, you like Super Mario Brothers but I and you like Baby's Day but, out. And you know what I gave neither of those? 9.5s. You are giving <laughs> Sorcerer, which has yes, I, a I said at the top, I think it's a sorcerers. near masterpiece. <laughs> and the same oh, as you're giving sorcery. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. The same as you're giving. I think Return this is a better movie Jedi. than Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. You, oh, and no. ladies and germs, ladles and jelly spoons, <laughs> this is why the podcast is ending. <laughs> this is why it's over. 
Because I, this movie, if and I and I wanted to, because they were showing this when they reopened the Paris, right around I the time. You saw it there. Yeah, yeah, right around the time that I mentioned it to you guys, I saw they reopened the Paris. This was one of the movies they were showing in that first month. I would love to see this on the big screen, and if and if I had the opportunity, I absolutely would. Reach for CBS and reach for the stars. This San Francisco garage owner is actually Merlin the Magician from King Arthur's Court. You have to be over 1,600 years old. I do 30 push-ups a day and I don't eat fried food. Zach's his new apprentice, discovering Merlin's world of wizardry and bubbling over with tricks of his own. Did you part the Red Sea? No, I'm good, but I'm not that good. It's Fat Cat Magic when Sorcerer premieres this fall. This is CBS. What are you, what are you looking behind Dan, you, Dan? Dan just looks behind was, him to see I, I if, to see if, um, you know, if, if somebody was there from bloopers and practical jokes <laughs> from Candid Camera. Like, I, Rich Hall yeah. is going to come out I, with a good sniglet about pumped. this. I keep the corpse of Ed McMahon in this cabinet here. <laughs> and he's going to come out. He's, he's about to burst out and say... You've been punked, Dan Matisa. And I Listen, say, you don't know what punked is. And then I'll he dies again. I'll 9.75. You keep fucking with oh me. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, no, I'm looking oh. at the thing up on top of there and going, what is that? It's an old birdcage. That's what it is. Which brings us to our next movie, The Birdcage. <laughs> You're looking at the <laughs> thing old. on top of it. You're in your own apartment. In house. Yes. You don't know what's in your house? I don't really come into this room very much. <laughs> I'm not allowed. You don't realize that you have an old birdcage in your house? I'm, and I'm, and I, I'm not allowed in this room. That's why. But I, I, but no, what I'm saying, I'm, I'm going, did Taylor buy like Nobody a globe can... theater replica that I, is that supposed it to be a present like for that. me? This is cut. Just, <laughs> you, sometimes you wonder about what gets cut and what stays. This gets no, this cut. This is all in. Cue Mariah Carey. All right. I have to, <laughs> I have to pay. I want a lot for Christmas. Just me. Listen, Jason and Dan are peeing. Sorcerer's a great fucking movie. Don't listen to them. This podcast, I... Let's face it, I'm the only one who knows what the fuck they're talking about. Blade Runner is a fucking masterpiece. It's a work of genius. Okay, Jason's gonna take this. He's he might he may or may not use it. He's gonna play Nicolas Cage screaming, "Oh, the bees!" Or Bill Cosby or do whatever he does. Oh, you're so funny, Jason. Blade Runner, Sorcerer, amazing. He's back. Hey, buddy, you're on mute. What are you saying? Nothing. Don't worry about it. Oh no, I I know. <laughs> Were you, were you trying to get in more shit about sorcery? <laughs> like, like here, and now that nobody's here, I can say everything. I'm not going to get Blade Runner again. <laughs> All right, look at this. I'm having. I'm pouring more McAllen. Hey. Okay. Who's? I was going to say. Who's main, I meant to ask. Who's maintaining those roads in that movie? No one. <laughs> They, those roads, those roads should have been much like Amity Island. Those roads should have been shut down. 
This is this is why we have to pay taxes. I cast Mr. Scheider. This is why we have to pay taxes. That's right. You know, um, every, everything come out okay? Oh, everyone God, peed. Yes. Everyone got paid. Yes. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yes. Is anything awakened when you when you're down there? Oh, with a great force. You got a little force out. There we go. Back to back to poo poo jokes in Star Wars. The way this podcast was meant to. John Boyega, calm down, John Boyega. Segway! John Boyega, it's going to be fine. <laughs> oh, Segway! That's one great Segway! <laughs> Volcano. Volcano! Volcano! Segway! <laughs> Volcano! 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 That's right. We're jumping. We're jumping at the at the at light speed. We're <gasps> jumping to 2015 and Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. The dark side. The Jedi. After the defeat of the Galactic Empire, Han Solo, played by Harrison Ford, and his young allies, a scavenger named Rey, played by Daisy Ridley, and a rogue stormtrooper named Finn, played by John Boyega, face a new threat from the evil Kylo Ren, played by Adam Driver, and the First Order, a kind of far-right, off-the-rails MAGA version of everything the more moderate and palatable George W. Empire once stood for. Also featuring Oscar Isaac, Carrie Fisher, Chewbacca, a ball rolling around in the sand, three seconds of Mark Hamill's face, and Lupita Nyong'o as an alien with two assholes for eyes, Star Wars The Force Awakens was a monster success, both critically and financially. Director J.J. Abrams and screenwriter Lawrence Kasdan so effectively capture the spirit of all that made the original trilogy sing that the film's Rotten Tomatoes score sits at 93% fresh, nestled snugly between the original Star Wars 92% and The Empire Strikes Back's 94%. Eventually, the euphoria of the initial response to what is essentially a remake of A New Hope cooled significantly, especially when it became apparent that Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm had no real endgame when it came to the story arc of future installments. Nevertheless, Star Wars The Force Awakens was a box office behemoth, earning $936.7 million in North America alone, and ultimately taking in north of $2 billion worldwide. It is currently ranked as the fifth highest grossing motion picture of all time and the highest grossing Star Wars film, beating its closest competitor for that distinction by almost a billion dollars. Fred and Dan, what did you think of Dan Matisse's wedding night when Taylor looked down and said, ooh, The Force Awakens? Well, wait, can we, can we talk about that? We didn't do this in the beginning. Normally we talk about where we were. Oh, God. When the movies yes. came out. Well, we've said it. We said it in the very first episode we ever recorded. So in 2005, they wrapped up the prequel trilogy. And that opening weekend of that movie was the weekend that Fred 
you got married yeah. and we went and saw that the three of us went to see it right after picking up our tuxes at what, what was it called zeller tuxes oh my god Zell, in, yeah yeah you're right yeah. zeller jesus do you wow. remember that dan we all went we all got our tuxes and we saw that movie together we saw I revenge don't of the remember sith it. i'm sorry i'm a bad friend you I, are a bad I, friend because then the very next onset everything <laughs> i can't remember shit i do you, just don't this one will be easier that. for you do Go you remember ahead. the next star wars movie to have an opening night after that mm-hmm. was force awakens 10 years later and we saw that on your wedding night. That's how bad a husband you are. <laughs> <laughs> was my wife there? She was. Yes, she, she was. was. We were, of you told we, me we to take say, her, please. We should say we went after the wedding. Dan and his lovely bride, and then six other jamokes. We all went and we saw Star Wars The Force Awakens. That was a perfect way. I wish something decent opened when I got married. I got married in January. It's the the graveyard for movies. You may want to change that. Wow. You just said that. What did I say? I wish something decent opened when I got married. (laughs) Could you die? (laughs) Ah, In theaters. In theaters. theaters. Do you remember... At the after, so we went to Dan's wedding, yeah. which was mm-hmm. wonderful. It was beautiful. Beautiful So wedding. honored to have been there. I officiated. Jason was the officiant. Fred was in the I wedding party. I got my, my license, my, uh, my minister's license or whatever you call it. was great. I, I married them. We had a great time. There was a lovely ceremony, great Aww. time afterwards dancing, great food. But then, you know, and we, we were like, Dan, are you sure? Like, are you sure Taylor's okay with going to see this movie? And you're like, yes, it's it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah. But remember, we got there so early because we're like, well, it's opening weekend. It's going to be packed. Like, there's going to be lines. There. there was no one there. It was crazy. Right. It was crazy. Yeah, I do Things work a little different in Arkansas. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they had like special lines. Or I remember they had it all taped out, yeah. like like for the eight o'clock show. There's was like, eh, nobody there. <laughs> Maybe on the night before, because this was... You got married, I believe, on a Saturday. Yes, I think so. So I think it opened the day before. Yeah. I think the we like Thursday the night, first midnight show, to, and then we were the not Friday. Among the right. Very first audiences to have yeah, seen it. It may have even opened on a Thursday or something. It probably so, did. I, I think yeah. it probably did. So, yeah. I think it probably did. And then it was like you but know, it was nice because we could sit wherever the hell we wanted. My friend Nick and his family were there, and every you know, you guys were all there, and it was it was awesome. That's right. Yeah, yeah. they weren't in the same row, but they, they were, were right there. They were all there, and it was it was awesome. And um, you know, and the wedding was so special and you guys being there was so special and then yeah no that was the plan of like okay we're gonna go you know we'll go do dinner and whatever and we'll we'll have our we'll have our meal at the at the wedding and then we'll go we'll go we'll we'll, uh (laughs) freshen up and then we'll we'll go um to uh to see the late was it a midnight showing was it midnight or 11 or something like that like 10 o'clock or something like that i think it was like yeah, an evening, yeah. you know, a late-ish show, but not and I had crazy. Avo- I don't know about you guys, but I had avoided all of the uh, the trailers as much as I possibly could. Once I saw that the whatever the first or second teaser was that they that they put out there, I looked at it and I went, okay, I'm I'm not going to watch anything else that comes out because that's already mm. giving away too much. So I didn't know anything about. Han Solo. I didn't know anything about, you know, any really anything. Um, and uh, I remember, I, I mean, I saw all the trailers and stuff. I remember the, the first thing I remember about it, though, and it's a real it's like a teaser and a MacGuffin and a spoiler and whatever mm-hmm. is. A, I don't know if it was Vanity Fair or something had like a 
a photo of the first read through of the script. Oh, I have so yes. yes, yes. Stage thing. They had like R two D two is yes. there too. But it's like there's like a bunch of like crates and boxes with things draped over yeah. them, and yep. then seats and and so and you've got the whole cast and you know, Harrison Ford and all the new cast members mm-hmm. and Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill's He's there. there. Yeah. He's there sitting right. there maybe next to R2 or something. And so it is a real, you know, spoiler alert. It's a real, it's very interesting how this movie parses out the introduction of each of the original trilogy cast members. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you, it's the very, 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 very fucking end before you see Luke Skywalker, which is a brave and kind of (sighs) very bold. I think I thought it was a masterful kind of stroke. I I think, I, I think we'll talk about this a little bit, but I think, you know, the frustrating thing, I watched this again, and I've seen it a few times. I saw it a couple times in the theater. I saw it when the video first came out, the DVD, mm-hmm. whatever. And I've always, well, just spoiler, I've always really, really liked it. This is the first time I've watched it in context of like knowing what they did with the sequels, with the rest of the trilogy. Uh-huh. And it can't help but be affected by it. Whether you like what they did or don't like what they did with the other two movies, can't help but like kind of look back on this and either... Yeah, either you're going to say, yeah, I love this new trilogy, or you're going to say, well, whatever you think of this one, the ball was either, either, either the game was raised or the ball was dropped afterwards. And I tend to think it's the latter, but Mm. you know. I mean, I thought it was, I remember seeing the trailer, uh, like that first shot of John Boyega's head popping up and you're like, holy shit, he's in a stormtrooper outfit. Like I thought that was going to be really cool. And it's funny. I met John Boyega before the movie's. Before the movie came out, because he came to see Lion King. Did he yell at and you? After? I had no, no one. <laughs> what's that? Did he yell at you? Did he yell at you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you I said, yeah, I know. Good. It means it means no worries, John Boyega. So maybe add that to your performance. Oh, 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 Don't oh, worry oh, so much. Oh, 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 no, I, I, I. So I had seen him in Attack the Block. Which have you guys seen that movie? No, never saw it. I, I heard it was great. I loved it. It's great, and he's wonderful in it. It's a ton of fun. Uh, you know, sort of in a in a Shaun of the Dead low budget way. Not a, not as funny. It's 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 actually pretty scary if I remember. But I loved him, and so I remember when he came to see the show. No one knew who he was, and no one knew that he was in the new Star Wars except for me. So I was like, oh my god, I got to meet. And I remember, wow, cool. I um someone one of the other actresses was like. She was the one who told me, she's like, oh, someone's here that I think you're going to want to meet. And so I remember, I didn't know his name though. And I think I called him like uh, Steve or something by accident. Like they were leaving and his publicist. And I was like, oh, is is, is Steve Boyega there? And she's like, who? I said, Steve. Steve? And and she said, you mean John? I go, oh, I'm so sorry, John. So he came back and I was like, oh my God, it's so nice to meet you. And he was very complimentary. And I remember saying, I was like, oh, God, man, I love Attack the Block. It's so good. And I was like, and I hear that you have a, another movie coming up that might be pretty big. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, it might, it might do all right. It might be okay. It's just a small, you know, and we were sort of joking back mm-hmm. and forth because I, I, wow. I think that was even before the trailers came out. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so it was sort of cool to see him. That's and I remember awesome. when he left, I remember him walking across the stage and people were like, who was that? I was like. It's, and I said to people, I'm like, it's really funny because you don't know who he is now in like five months. You're going to wish that you met him because he's going to be fucking huge. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And then, uh, yeah. and did he enjoy the show? 
Who knows? I think yeah, so. he's very. He's, he's, what's he gonna say? What's he gonna say? If, if you if you saw him right now and he said, "Do you think I scream too much and things?" You'd be like, "Not at all." Meanwhile, that's all I do Would in the show. Would he be able to believe you? In my show, that's all they do is scream. Um, hey, I thought he's good. But kindred spirits. He's wonderful. Um, he's good. The, the promise of his role, I feel like, especially in the trilogy, uh, really. Gets diminished. Yeah, and he doesn't. If I recall now, see, I haven't. I hadn't seen this since my wedding. This was my first wow. rewatch oh, wow. of this, and oh. I've never rewatched the other two that came after this. Yeah, you're right. He doesn't do a whole heck of a lot of significance. I feel. As Neither I, he nor Oscar Isaac really do ultimately compared to right. I mean, because they do. Such, they do stuff, but it's, it's more, not. Yeah. It's, it's really about Kylo Ren and, and uh, Ray. And she's I mean, God, it's really she's about now, that now, what else has she done besides the Star Wars movie? Because she leapt Mur- out at Murder me on the Orient like, Express. Oh yeah, okay. She's in the Kenneth yeah, Branagh yeah, Orient she Express. Did that movie, Ophelia. Of, she's great. Very good. Oh, I love she her. leapt I love out her. at me this time, and I was like, "Oh my God, this is a star! This is a star she's in the making great. here. This is a, this is a, um, you know, she leaps off the screen. She's got all that." You just, you, I mean, talk about rooting for somebody, you know, from, from moment one, you're rooting for, you're yeah. Rooting yeah. for her because she's just so she's, incredibly uh, uh, empathetic. Um, and then the way she cares for BB-8, who's my favorite. I love BB-8. Where do you come from? Classified, really. Me too. Big secret. Nima outpost is that way. Stay off Kelvin Ridge. Keep away from the sinking fields in the north. You'll drown in the sand. Don't follow me. Town is that way. No! In the morning you go. You're welcome. Here's something I didn't quite expect. I I have a memory after having seen the movie in the theater, you know, of going, you know, the all the Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac stuff, the beginning and the end, I'm really into. It's the middle. It's the Han Solo part that I was actually less invested. This time, not the case. This time I was invested all the way through. Yeah. I loved all of yeah. it. I was, you know, even the the silly thing of of that creature or creatures is roaming through the hallways of his ship. The Wrath Tars. Yes. I love that. Wrath Tars. You know, that that landed for me on, on this one. I was like, oh, yeah, no, that is actually pretty great. I didn't, I was kind of bored. I remember being kind of like, uh, this doesn't feel like something Han Solo should be involved in or something. I don't know what I felt when I, when I saw it, but I was like, this doesn't, this isn't tracking for me and it's actually kind of boring. But this time I was fully in. I was like, no, this is exciting and great. I know what you're saying. Cause I thought the same thing as well, but you're like, oh no, but he's a smuggler. He's smuggling. He's a, and now we're aliens. seeing him smuggle. He's never done that. Yeah. yeah we've, we've never, never seen, seen him actually that. Smuggle. I thought it was great. Um, so that was fun. Was and so that is good. Peter Mayhew. Yes. And that's yeah. his last mm-hmm. go round. He's not in the oh, wait, other Wait, is it? He's credited. Is it him? He He's is. Yes. Okay. Him. I think this might be his last one. Wonderful. Then- Just wonderful. And then, you know, we got to talk about um, Adam Driver and, and, you know, this is a, this is a role like 
the Hayden Christensen Anakin, you know, where you could easily just be a whiny, you know, complainy, um, my mother, you know, be that guy that we, we want to see lose, but we, but he brings, Adam Driver brings so much more depth to it and so much more truth to it. And everything he's doing makes sense in the final analysis as far as like, you know, oh, no, no, he's just it's just a bait and switch with the what he does to Han Solo. No, it isn't. He needs to do that for himself. Yeah. I'm not saying it excuses his actions. It's reprehensible. But I'm saying that yeah. in his twisted mind, that is the thing he needs to do to get himself further to the dark, as far to the dark side as he wants to go. Whereas with Hayden Christensen in the prequels, he's almost an, it's almost he's he's sort of for, forced huh, to the dark side. Um, because of, you know, the pain of losing your mother and, and all of the, and then the wife and all of that. And he just goes there internally. Whereas this, it's like, no, he wants to be there because he, he has too much empathy and he has too much. And there is part of him. Don Solo is right. There's still good in you. And he wants to eradicate that. My son is alive. No, the Supreme leader is wise. Snoke is using you for your power. When he gets what he wants, he'll crush you. You know it's true. It's too late. No, it's not. Leave here with me. Come home. We miss you. I'm being torn apart. I want to be free of this pain. I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Will you help me? Yes, anything. that's so interesting is you know i keep saying oh it's like a remake of a new hope and it is but what's really brilliant about it is that it because it does so successfully evoke your feelings of watching a star wars movie in the way the prequels did did not it does feel like old school star wars and there are lots and lots of reasons for that jj abrams is very deft at that kind of thing he's just he's just he's just very masterful but it's also it's not simply that things are happening in the same order, in the same way, or look the same. It's he takes elements, things like John Boyega with the, it's fascinating to see a real stormtrooper take off a helmet yeah. mm-hmm. and there's an actual person right. inside. That is utterly new. Right. We never knew that they were anything other than it felt like they were always droids or something, That's you know, uh, to me as a kid. Yeah. You know, but there's that iconic image. Of Han and Luke in stormtrooper outfits with the masks off, attempting a rescue on the Death Star. So it not only tracks, but then you have this character. He feels very fresh. And at the same time, he's reminding us when he saves Poe and and he has to escape. But it reminds us of the sequence in the original Star Wars. It's constantly doing that, showing us something that looks new, that is exciting and fresh, that also harkens back simultaneously. It's operating on two planes at the same time, all the time. 
And I think that's what's so successful about it. That's for me. very deft of J.J. Abrams to do exactly that. And I feel like that's the his Star Trek does the same thing. It operates on those two levels. It reminds us of a thing and also is an utterly new thing at the same yeah. time. That's hard yeah. to do. And it's done very, very, it's hard. Done very, very well. And it, and it makes me wish, as much as I love Ryan Johnson as a writer and director, especially from Knives Out and stuff, it makes me wish J.J. Abrams just did this trilogy. Absolutely. I don't, yeah. The fact that it was a totally different voice in the second one and then they brought back as a corrective J.J. Abrams for the third. He wasn't supposed to do the third. It was going to be a different director and different vision for each one. And then they brought him back to try to steer it back to what he had kind of set up in this one. I remember liking the second one, not not disliking nearly as much as everybody else disliked it. I thought it was fine. I just thought it was the the issue for me. I didn't mind seeing a, a Luke get you know disgruntled and and disillusioned by i thought that was great i thought it was a neat you know what else are you going to do with 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 uh, somebody who's who's shut himself away and shut himself off the downfall of that movie is in the writing of the whole john boyega and his friend and um um uh who's the guy from fear and loathing in las vegas uh benicio del toro yeah john boyega denicio del toro and the other uh and the Rose, I think her character's name is. Is it Rose? Yeah, Rose. Um, yes, Rose. I pulled that on my ass. Um, <laughs> that whole sequence is, if I'm remembering correctly, goes nowhere. It's a pointless sequence, right? It's a. I mean, talking about a MacGuffin. That it's it. You could you could excise it from the movie utterly, and you gain nothing and lose nothing. That's yeah. the downfall of that movie. Is that they basically say, "Go do this other adventure that will then yeah. be of no consequence." That's if yeah. if I'm remembering right. That's yes. the thing I walked out of that movie going, "What did we need all that for?" You know, and and it made and the whole Benicio del Toro thing. I recall making no sense to me. Everything else in that movie I liked. Well, I think the problem too is it's like you said about Ryan Johnson, who I love as well. And I love him mostly from his, his starting from his work on Breaking Bad. Mm. Um, But with, and I think we might've spoken about this and I'm surprised they let this happen because the brilliance of a show like Breaking Bad and a lot of shows like that is where they would, and they talk about this, Vince Gilligan would talk about this, where they would write and they wouldn't think about, there was no real, they sort of had a slight end game, but they would just write something and then they'd have to figure out, okay, we're going to go in this direction. The episode ends. Okay. Well, how are we going to get out of this? You know, they would write right. themselves into corners and then figure out a way to get out of it, which uh, Ryan Johnson, you know, I guess they were like, go do your thing. He did. You know, he was like, well, let's, let's get rid of these tropes and throw them out. And then the problem was that JJ Abrams wasn't willing or they didn't have enough time to say, okay, let's figure out a way to get out of this. They were like, that's, that's cool, but that's not what we want. And you don't they have had all the time in Star the world. Wars. The problem is the audience didn't care for it. Yeah. And so there was a backlash and then you, they're course correcting the backlash. The problem is, I think in a way having, it's fine if you say, if Ryan Johnson was making this trilogy or J.J. Abrams, right? And they're making the trilogy. And they say, I don't know where it's going to end. I've created these characters. I'm going to let them tell me where they mm-hmm. end. But you're the writer. And you have a team, whether you have a team of writers or a co-writer or it's you, you have a vision. You don't have to know exactly where it's going to end up. 
but it is weird to keep passing it off as opposed to let me see it through. I, you know, most people start something. Most people who say I write, I don't know how the play is going to end when I start writing, or I don't know how the screenplay is going to end. They are the one who then ultimately finishes it and, and decides or, or discovers where it's going sure. to say, I did my part. Now you take it over. It was supposed to go after Ryan Johnson. It was supposed to go to Colin Trevorrow, right. who did uh, Jurassic World. Oh. And he had a screenplay or whatever. And then they decided, no, they didn't like the way that ended up. And they, I think they were afraid then after people were iffy on the second so installment. So did Kasdan and then they went back only to write this one? Or co-write this one? Was Kasdan so. out? Oh, that's a huge I, mistake. He might, maybe he did something in Rise of Skywalker because J.J. Abrams was back. That I don't <sighs> remember. If Kasdan came back, he might have. But I think but that was Ryan a, Johnson totally wrote and directed the second one by himself. There, I think that was a big problem, problem with these with these trilogies. Is that yeah. you know whether or not whether or not you like the prequels or not, and I you know I don't. Ah, word. I think they're ex. I don't like the execution of them, but I think the story is yeah. pretty solid and interesting. Yeah. I've always said that about, I mean, I've talked about that with um, Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. you know, how I saw that so many times in the theater because it was like, it was almost like Stockholm Syndrome. You know, it's like, <laughs> I, I want it, I, I want it to Looking be good. Looking for meaning. Like yeah. Encounters. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I liked, <laughs> and I said this over and over again, I loved the story behind it and the politics Behind all of that, I found so interesting. It was just the execution was just so shitty and empty and bland and, you know, all the, the, the CGI that he was dealing with at the time. But for better or for worse, you had George Lucas saying, here's where it's starting. Here's the middle. Here's where it's going to end. And apparently yeah. he wanted to do that for this third trilogy or he had an idea for it and maybe said, I don't want to do it. But you can't, you know, I, I, I had lunch with Mike Pulaski the other day mm-hmm. and we were talking and he's like, all these new movies, it's fan fiction. It's all fan fiction. Oh, that's you know, it's not coming from the source. And I think maybe if there was one person saying, I don't like, like I said, with the, with the Breaking Bad analogy, I like the idea of saying, let's just write ourselves into a corner and see where we can get out of. And then like, you can get some really interesting dynamic dynamics and dramatics. I don't think this is the world to do that in. I think if you're going to say it's going to be a trilogy, you need to know this is going to be the beginning. This is going to be the middle. This is the end. We can play around with that, you know, but it needed, they needed to be more careful with it. I think. Um, Well, you got to remember, you know, George Lucas's script for star Wars was super, super long. Right. And then start what Mm -hmm. became star Wars was the first third of that. Sure. So he yeah. did, so you're absolutely right. He did have it mapped out in a way. Right. He may not have envisioned what yeah. actually became Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. But you know, when and, you yeah. map out Things a big change. giant, you know, the adventures of Luke Starkiller and yeah. you go, you know, which I think it's cool. This is called Star Killer Base. I don't, know, I don't base, know that yeah. I picked yeah. that up um, the first time. But, you know, the uh, uh, th- th- there that is a way to go, writing something and saying, okay, I'm going to write a trilogy. It's going to be 600 damn pages. And then the first movie will be the first 200 pages of that. Not that that's what Lucas sought to do, but it's it's what he could do with the time and the budget that he had. And I think that's great. These clearly, from what you guys are saying, that was not the vision. It was, let's get, let's crank out a movie and then see mm-hmm. where it goes with the next writing team. And I, ugh, that's a, that's dicey at best with, with a, with a, with a pro with a, um, a franchise like this, a product that, you know, that and right. not only, 
it's it's an iconic um you know it's a part of our culture right it's a it's part of the zeitgeist it's part of what movies are it's part of what american and world culture is you can't go anywhere in the world without showing who darth vader and going do you know who this is and everyone in the world knows who that is Mm -hmm. there's a property that you have to take great care with and i think that that's part of the reason that i think you're seeing disney pull back now on production and saying we are we've distilled this so much now this and the marvel stuff that you know it's you're right somebody's got to be there's no stan lee steering the ship lucas isn't steering the ship and when he, we gave him the reins to steer the ship he made the prequels which are boof, the worst so what do we do what do we do it's I a no-win situation yeah. i feel like I, I really like this movie it left me i don't know what it was i didn't i i i was a little let down on this last rewatch mm. a little bit. I, like I really, the, the beginning I was in like the first, you know, 40 minutes. It was so exciting. And then I really sort of, mm-hmm. I don't know. I was like in and out and in and out. And I think it's just more the problem of what to do with these movies because we like for us, our generation, we were so excited about this. Cause I think we all felt burned by the prequels. You know, there was such a sense of like that motherfucker. He, you know, yeah, everyone's like, corrective. oh, he, we needed correcting. Yeah, he corrective raped our measures. childhood. George Lucas, yeah. you know, this guy that we like revered. Now we're right. like, no, fuck you. So then J.J. Abrams is like, OK, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you what you want. Yeah. OK. And, True. and and he's a fan. Right. Same way. He's a he's fan, a fan. Of, of, of Star Trek. And, the, and you know, and what's his name is a fan of Marvel, you know. Um, yeah. And, and that think, is a way to go is to say, let's let the fans determine what's going to go. But then, but even then, it's like you can't win because then you have people going, yeah, but it's just a retread of the first one. You know, it's it's just an it's it's such an unenviable world to live in. So uh, that being said, I think this one straddles the line the best. It's true. The Force, the Jedi. All of it. I didn't expect this to see like Luke Skywalker is vanished. I mean, when that crawl starts, you can't help but be excited. Doesn't matter. True. You just—it's a great crawl. It mentions all the characters you know, the things you know. It's stuff, like yeah. it's not about trade federations <laughs> and tax embargoes. Yeah. They're very uh-huh. wise to start off like just boom, and it hits Remember you. Remember all the stuff you like. Yeah. Here, Here it, it is. is. Yeah. And it gets you. You know, yeah, that's good. Right, and yeah. it says, and I read something that J.J. Abrams he said the key to the film was that it returned to the roots of the first Star Wars films and be based more on emotion than explanation, um, yeah. and. Yeah, there was no, like, you mm-hmm. knew what the world was. And to start off with Luke Skywalker's Vanish, I'm like, that's fucking great. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize, I don't think any of us realized that he wasn't going to show up till the end. I think, it, like, what an amazing cliffhanger. Keep your arms and legs in the vehicle at all. And I think, you know, a lot of people argue about this, jumping to the next movie, him tossing the lightsaber, people like, he would never do that, he would never... I think it's fucking brilliant because what else are you going to do after such a grand, that movie, this movie ends with such a grand overdramatic (laughs) gesture. The only thing that he could do is is to undercut it. And I think it makes sense for the character, as you said, Dan, but I really, I don't know. It's the the awkward comedy of it that people didn't like. If he, if he walked past her, if he brushed it aside, if he spun his cloak around and like went into a, like a cave or something, (laughs) people would be like, Oh, he's rejecting it. But to take it and toss it, 
was a little like, wah, wah. Well, here's the I thing. think Ryan Johnson's comedy style yeah, also with like the moment. yo mama phone call with a, with a, literally like a guy who's like a Hitler youth stand in like on this ship. And then Poe Dameron has this like, oh, yeah, that was like stupid. it's like a, your mama's calling or something. It does a your mama joke in the, in the beginning of Last Jedi. Yeah. There's a lot of awkward comedy at the beginning of that movie and throughout that I movie that. that is Ryan Johnson being playful and it hits wrong it just hits wrong so i think the rejection of the lightsaber and the lifestyle i think the fans get a lot of guff for rejecting like oh luke wouldn't do that but i think it's the way it was played that turned them off more than the fact of it unpopular opinion mark hamill's not a great actor He's not, I don't think he, I don't think he's a great actor and I don't think, and I didn't think he was great. I think that Luke Skywalker is a great Luke. I think an angry, uh, uh, dispirited. You just think it didn't play in the second one. He didn't. Yeah. It didn't work for me. And, and. And you know, he didn't like it. And he argued with Ryan Johnson about it. He didn't like what he That could have been it. Maybe that played. I think it was a great idea. And it just, it never worked for me. Um, I think the key to this movie, what works is, man, it's just great actors and they're having fun and they're allowed to be human. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oscar Isaac is fucking great in it. Um, You know, and uh, Daisy Ridley is fantastic. You're like, it's great. It's like a scrapper who lives on a sand planet. Um, It's all those little things. Your heart breaks for her. She's just wonderful. And she wants to she's go back great. there because she's hoping her parents come back. It's great. It's a great conceit. And, and, I, and I love that idea. It was also great for us that they're living in the history. They're literally living in the history of the movies, of this, you know, there's like the Adat in the sand, you know, or the the, the Star Destroyers crash. Like, that's wonderful. Like, they, it, it's like us. We're seeing our nostalgia and our youth crashed on the ground and these people are living it and have to like pick up the pieces from it. Well, and that, I think that's they're fantastic. Saying that, oh wait, this was real? Yeah, it, has it was a myth. to myth for them. I got a bad feeling about this. I, I remember, and you not being surprised, I was completely shocked when Kylo killed Han. It's, it's It really is unforgivable that there's no <laughs> the, moment for Chewie and shot. Leia to grieve together. You know, and like, and it made me think too- it's, uh, now here's it's another, bad editing. another. It's bad editing. Yeah. If you didn't see that shot where Chewie walks, past, it's like Chewie just happens to be in the frame like, was walking there a moment? past would th- as Leia comes. There is no moment. That's what I mean. But you wouldn't think. You would not even think about it. I, no, if you I disagree. Didn't see him walk past. Her. No, I disagree. I disagree. I think. I, I think, think your you mind it. goes to. I think your mind goes to it because you literally see the two characters walk past each other without no, acknowledging each other. Next one. In this, in this movie. movie. In yes, this I know movie. the shot. I know the shot. I, mean, is- I know what you mean. You might be thinking uh, I absolutely you might be like oh I wish they had the moment but it's a it's kind of feels like a slap in the face it just feels so well yes I know the shot you're talking because about because you see him walk past but the fact her, that nothing was filmed weird. is even it, it, another unpopular opinion I don't think wow. Carrie Fisher is very good in this movie ah, word. um it's it's yeah, and maybe that's just the, again her role in it she it's fine but I wanted I don't know. I, I like her more in the next one, I think. Yeah, 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 I agree. I just wanted that moment. Her son just fucking killed her ex-husband. They can give her a moment of being a mom, not always just being the general, you know? And, and I was like, and it dawned on me this time, yeah. I'm thinking, well, maybe she's sort of bl- to blame too. She's more concerned about the rebellion, you know, than failing her son. I don't know. It just, 
that really, to me, is just so unforgivable. In a movie so much about, we're going to give you what you want, you know, and then yeah. they don't touch upon that at all. Is It's really like, no, like, fuck you. Snap out of it. What you guys don't know, they did actually shoot the scene with that moment where they come together, they do come together. It was just left out of the movie, but you can see it in the director's cut. She, she walks past, Chewie comes up to her. She comes up to him. They look lovingly to his, each other's eyes. She get, He gets on his knees. They look at each other. And she, with tears streaming down her face, she says, laugh it up, fuzzball. Wouldn't Aww. that be lovely if they did that? It would have been better if she looked at him and said, more like death day, am I right? <laughs> He got you back in time for that. And then they just smoke. <laughs> smoke a couple cigarettes. Some cigarettes. You know, speaking of just like fandom and, and you know, and, and fanboys, Simon Pegg. Yes, An avowed huge Star Wars fan. Right. Mm. And he gets to be in the movie as Unkar Plot. But I always felt bad because I'm you. like, he's probably the biggest Star Wars fan in the world. And he, he might have the worst line in the movie. Where it's like, that's my ship. When they steal the Millennium oh, Falcon, that's that not line. that bad. I thought it was dumb. Right. I, I, that that to me was the beginning of oh no, they're getting goofy. Now it's getting goofy. I don't want goofy. Oh, no. I don't want goofy. It's fine. You don't want goofy. You like Return of the Jedi. It's the goofiest fucking thing you'll ever see. Man, <laughs> they're goofy. <laughs> they're goofy. Some of goofy. I, yes, some of them are. That line just struck me as a little. Oh, I don't know. I felt bad for Simon Pegg. I'm like, I know how much you love this shit and how much you hated the goofiness of the Jar Jar shit in the prequels. I'm like, oh, and you're mm -hmm. like this close to Jar Jar now. The Phantom Menace was 18 months ago, Tim. I know, Bilbo. Okay, just it still hurts. No, that kid wanted a Jar Jar doll. Kids like Jar Jar. Why? What about the Ewoks? Hey, they were rubbish. You don't complain about them. Yeah, but Jar Jar Binks makes the Ewoks look like fucking Shaft. How rude. Why does why is R two D two asleep if he has the missing piece of the hoo hoo? I didn't get that either. That made no watching it this time. I'm like, he had it all along. Yeah, that's. It's like magic. It's like Sleeping Beauty. Uh, it's like something's got to happen for him to awaken. Boo. For him to awaken. Burns. But they, the R2 they, awakens. They, they never thought. It. They, the droid they literally, they have the technology to build fucking star killer bases and harness the power of the sun. They don't have the technology to like. Check his hard take drive. Take a screwdriver, yeah. open up R2's head right. and see if he's got a map inside. Yeah, right. A piece of a map. I the piece know. that they need that actually shows where Luke Skywalker is. I mean, come on. I don't. I. That was. And the map itself, it was like, it's like, okay, this exact, you know, puzzle, it's like a puzzle piece. And he yeah. has the missing puzzle piece that shows, oh, yeah. that's where, that's where it, I was like, mm, I don't think so. And again, it's know. like, all right, we got to find the portal. We got to shoot that. That scene too was like. That is ridiculous. No, <laughs> no, this is just lazy. Which is a copy I, of the other. Yeah. The other yeah. Thing. It was, and I just wish they. they a little bit. They kind of have a little bit of winky winky. Oh, like, we, no, there's we, always we, something. We, there's always a this. There's always a that. You know, we've this yeah, is the first time we've done this now. If you count Jedi, another, it's pretty funny. Another unpopular opinion. On a flip side, I think fucking Kylo Ren's lightsaber is bad ass. Yeah, with the two I know people are like, it's impractical. It. it would cut his wrist. Oh, I thought sure. that was fucking great. What the fuck are those two things on the side? 
They do nothing. It's, it's, it's a good way to lose your thumb. Yeah, but but that's what <laughs> I like. Makes no sense. What if you want to lose I, it? He's the self But that's what I like guy. about him that he would make that. There's something so like fanboy about that character. There's like I'm gonna make a lightsaber, but I'm, but I'm gonna I'm gonna add something. I'm gonna make it even cooler and make it even more badass. Like th- there's mm. something about the lightsaber that maybe like the impracticality of it or something that mm. added to it, that it made sense for that character. You know, I'm like, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to, I'm going to add it on or maybe like, wow, this is what lightsabers looked like. You know, maybe this, this is what it would have looked like. I know it has like. more of like a broadsword yeah. look or something. I don't know. I like yeah. that. It seemed to go with his character of who he was and no how he's just, you know, this kid yeah. sucked into this cult. It was just like, yeah. I want to be this person. I want to live up to this. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of, yeah, it still doesn't work for me. <laughs> I keep watching. I'm like, you're going to lose a thumb. You're going to lose a thumb. Um, it's fascinating. Set of, it, it, I think J.J. Abrams very consciously sets things up in a way that, uh, much like the original Star Wars, because I, I don't care what you say. When you talk about like, how much did Lucas know what his end game was? I certainly, while he might've known that Darth Vader was going to be Luke Skywalker's father, mm. I don't think there's any way in hell that he knew that Leia was going to end up being the sister. Oh, I think that was a thing yeah. that he added in to like, be like, we need to have another reveal for the third one. We have to have another mystery for the third one right? because it doesn't make sense. All the latent, sexual tension and the love triangle thing when you've got like a brother and sister as part of the love triangle. If you know it's going to end up where it ends up, you would never have made those choices. Yeah. And I think it's very interesting that, uh, yeah, J.J. Abrams creates what seems like a love triangle with Poe, Ray, and Finn that ultimately does not, you know, I mean, she never ends up. They they do have shades of like that Finn and Ray have some sort of a connection, either through the force or romantically or whatever. And then, of course, as the movies go on, but even in this one, the connection with Kylo Ren is a That's very potent thing. So it's yeah. kind of like, it's more like a flip side. It's more like coin. two love triangles that JJ Abrams has created because it feels like the John Boyega, Daisy Ridley, Adam driver thing is its own triangle mm-hmm. because I could see there's something pulling there. And with Poe, it's more like a love triangle with Finn and Ray, but the love triangle and people have been sh- quote unquote shipping Finn and Poe since this movie came out. It feels like there is a, uh, a almost sexual or romantic charge between John Boyega and Oscar Isaac in this film. What seems like a friendship affection or a Han and Luke relationship actually seems to have more. I mean, people have been saying it from when this movie came out and, and this time I was watching, I was like, Oh, I really see it. I really see something that could be, deemed sexual or romantic wow. or uh, the, the affection goes to another place. And then they could have done that. I, and I think they between- were, I think he left all these options open for the future. And then they, they ended up going more the Kylo Ren, uh, Daisy Ridley connection. That was the strong connection. And, and then they didn't know what the hell to do with, honestly, they didn't know what to do with Finn and Poe. If they were brave, they would have made them a great, a gay couple, but instead mm. You get Poe is like just stumbling around and then you've got Kerry Russell in the third one who's like his, you know, his, his old, his old flame and she comes in and die. Like have him give the ultimate sacrifice. Like this guy who is a stormtrooper, you know, have, I don't know, have him. Yeah, that's fine. But I mean, in terms of like who they're, what they want to do with them relationship wise. And then Finn, you think he's being set up for Ray. Oh, I meant Finn, I'm sorry. Finn, have Finn Finn die. 
Yeah, I mean, Finn, you set him up for this Daisy, this Daisy Ridley connection, but then they really just didn't know where to go. The, you know, then they go with Rose in the second one. Rose was such an unpopular character that then they sideline her in the third <laughs> one and give him yet another potential relationship right. in the third just, one. I forgot about all that. Billy D. Williams' granddaughter or some shit or whatever. I barely I, remember that movie. It's what happens when you don't have a plan or when you maybe have a plan, but then are too concerned with... Because I'm sure once they built Rose as a character, they were probably open to having her continue through as a potent part of the the landscape in the third one. But then the audience didn't like her and she got a lot of hate. I mean, it was ugly. The, you yeah. know, it was racist. They didn't think she was attractive. They thought she oh was you know, they just well, that's all I mean, she got so that's much, ridiculous. so much online hate from the Star Wars community Nonsense. that then she like really had a very hard time personally with it and they turned her character into nothing in the third one after making her such a kind of like setting her up to be like Finn's great romance in the second one. I mean, that's the problem with A, not having a plan and B, listening too much to way too much. Let's have a plan now. Let's Sheila this up because we got, there's other, we got other shit to deal with. (laughs) I saw a loving relationship between Poe and BB-8 and he is basically a giant Mm -hmm. vibrating egg. So it tracks. Ah, word. Nine, How many Sheilas? nine Sheilas. Wow. Nine. I think, um, oh God, I'll give it an 8.5. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. Sorcerer more. So there. <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go 8.75. Okay. 8.75. I'm going to go right in between you guys. First time in podcast history. Dan, Dan is, is showing his ass. Oh get. my God. That's what you get. What's that's happened what there? Raven gets, that's what Sorcerer gets. I just screenshot that, so. No. <laughs> what did you Mr. give it, Jason? Professor? I'm sorry, I was distracted. <laughs> I'm, I'm 8.75. You raise your score for Blade Runner and Sorcerer, or I let that picture of your ass go public. I'll just say that's not my ass. Boom. <laughs> exactly. Even though you're wearing. No you're, oh, no. The guy wearing the Mets hat and the Bradley University sweatshirt, not my ass. Listen to me right now. His, his Mets hat was not in that shot. <laughs> I'll just say, I'll his say, ass was I'll very... say it's Pete Alonzo. He's a big fan of the podcast <laughs> and of Brad. Beautiful emails and texts from people um, really just expressing um, their thanks. And, you know, it was lovely to hear that we got a lot of people saying, you know, how we helped them get through that really rough time in COVID. And a lot of people, you know, how our conversations made them think about their own lives and movies and just really beautiful stuff. And you, you think we joke and we, we give each other shit about it and go, you know, who know who's listening, who's listening, but it sounds cheesy, but even if it's a small amount of people listening, the the fact that, I don't know, I, I take pride that we've have, uh, touched people, not in the dirty way, Dan, uh, (laughs) but, People, we got some really lovely, lovely, lovely stuff. But in one of those lovely messages 
from uh, our friend Damon, who's my childhood friend, who I've spoken about many times on this on the show, talking about the VBC. Both he and one of our our, our longtime listeners, Michael Zarzicki, both of them independently hmm. made like full on statistic sheets of all of our Sheila ratings. Amazing. And I can't find it right now, but it was it was amazing. And thank you both for for doing that, because it's going to be a great thing for us to have over the years. But to that end, Damon actually asked something which I thought was great. And he sent me a text about it after sending me the updated list. And I think the one he never found was your quick change, Sheila. Quick change. Uh, uh, quick change is an eight. Everybody keeps hounding me. The The internet's a buzz and a blaze <laughs> wondering me. what I thought of 1990s quick change with Bill Murray and Gina Davis. The, the, let, the, let, the, let the hubbub cease. Oh, It's an eight. Here it's it is. So, so Michael Zarzicki had, yeah, he said... Uh, and his, his students did a lot of these, the spreadsheets. But mm-hmm. the total movies watched, uh, including today's, 247. Whoa. Highest average, yeah. Highest average rater, Dan, at a 6.4. That's shocking. Most movies in a single year. We did 25 in 1984. Uh, and there were seven movies that received 10 Sheilas from all three of us. Um, and I know Damon... Had some great ones as well, which I don't know if I can find. But Damon's question was, which I thought was great, would any of us change any of our Sheila ratings? Well, I have to remember them. I know they're in the spreadsheet, but I haven't looked them over. But was there, is, is, is I'm there, sure any, there is there anything that jumps to mind? I don't think so. Dan, is there anything that jumps to mind where you're like, oh, I was too... Um, yes, there was one because I found... Because when I looked at it, when he sent that... I was like, oh, my God, I never should have given blank to blank. Um, let me see. Any score at all to Super Mario Brothers? Yes, you're right. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Opening weekend. I, mean, I already did mine. When I went stats. from a 9 to a 10 on the original Star Wars, when we did last time we had a check-in like this, that was, you know, whenever that was. That's the only one I can think of that I... Would have guessed oh, to okay. reassess, but I already reassessed. That. I would. I I liked Rush Hour more than I Spy, so that's something I would change. <laughs> wow, wow, <laughs> that's something oh, I would wow. change. I don't know why I gave was so low on Rush Hour and so high on I Spy. So that's, that's crazy. I've been wondering that for years. Thank you. Here are the movies <laughs> receiving triple tens from all of us. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, Raiders. Raiders of the Lost Ark, United '93, oh, yeah. The Empire Strikes Back. E.T., Glengarry Glen Ross, and Goodfellas. Not, well, Star Wars, uh, because since I, I went up uh, from nine to a ten, but maybe not, but initially Originally I was, you said uh, nine, and he's a, you know, he's a traditionalist, that Damon. So well, anyway, so, that's, right. so we got eight he tri-tens. me giving a one to Baby's Day Out. That can't be right. Oh, well, that's crazy. There's no way that that's right. No, it is. It is right. It just <laughs> might not no. be what you Yeah, there's no said. way. No, I gave it like a, no, I gave it like a seven or something. Maybe yeah, that's easily. just a, a typo, typographical error. That's absurd. Maybe your eyes now see ones as sevens and vice versa. <laughs> uh, because of the age. But thank um, you to, to Damon yes. and Michael Zarzicki and his students for, for compiling those. It's really above yes. and beyond. And uh, 
and a beautiful thing. So, so kind of them. And yeah, it's so nice to have, you know, like you said, Fred, it's so nice to have like this, like these coordinated statistics so you can look back and see the breakdown mm-hmm. of, of how we, uh, how we, how we rated things and, uh, and the history, the, the history of the podcast at a glance like that is really amazing. I noticed a few, um, uh, historical, as I was going through, just little, little tidbits to throw out there, uh, our very first guest opener. Can you, can you, can you take a guess who that was? The first guest opener? The first, our first guest opener, yeah. You mean, you mean, you mean, you like mean co- the like first time there was an, a cold yeah. open with a, a voice? Wait, let yeah. me look here. Hang on. No, 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 don't look. You got to think. Uh, I feel like it was, uh, well, mm, I would say it's, I mean, I... I'll tell you, this is this. Yeah, I did a quick little Bill Murray thing at the beginning of the Ghostbusters episode, but it was as me. I did a quick little Jack Nicholson thing at the beginning of the Batman episode, but that was me. It's like I literally just said like a phrase and then. It was episode six, Mr. Wilford Brimley. I don't want to stay out here anymore. I want to come back inside. Funny things I hear, funny things out here. I'm not going to harm anybody, and there's nothing wrong with me. And if there was, I'm all better now. I'd like to come back inside now. You got my promise. Hey, wait a minute, man. I want to come back inside. Don't you understand it? I'm all right. I'm much better, and I won't harm anybody. You got to let me come back inside and host. I That's a poor choice of words. I know I could be a host for something very terrible. And I know I just, I just got, I got to come back inside and host episode six of opening weekend. Episode. Well, our first, our first uh, mention of Sheila from Sacramento was episode one and Eustace <laughs> called in. That was our first call. And we didn't know he was Eustace at the time. Episode eight was sort of the first, that was the first Sort of, as I called it, ridiculous opener. That was Sheila singing to Unchained Melody. Ghosts. Yes. Uh, and that was yeah. also the last one that Ethan mixed and edited. And after that, episode oh. nine, that was the first time that Jason, you and I took over. No, episode seven was the first one I did by myself. It was the, uh, the, the Baby's Day Out episode because I freaked out about that. I did oh. that one. I added that, that was, was the first episode one because nine. that's when I was like, we're not going to be able to do it anymore. Because I couldn't do it. Yeah, no, I did the Shadow, <laughs> Baby's Day Out, uh, Blown Away episode. Was, oh, then was, I had it wrong. Was me. I think maybe he maybe he did the initial mix for it or something. Maybe, and yeah, then, yeah, yeah. And then he gave me the raw. And then I, it was like, okay, now you edit it. But yeah, yeah maybe you started mixing with number uh, okay. nine. But I started to the edits and the clips and everything. That was definitely seven because I remember the cold fucking sweat. And the 24 hours oh that it took to edit that episode. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It was great, but I was like, it was like, it was like being in school again as a kid, and like being like, oh god, I have to do this thing, and I don't know how I'm gonna do it. It was it, it made like, you know, yeah, those those nightmares of going into school wow. and being like, there's a test today. It was so difficult for me to figure out. <laughs> Ethan's like, it's very intuitive. And ultimately oh. it is, but you got to like learn yeah, it before it's know. intuitive. And it was, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. But um, now I remember that one. That always, I mean, that's a favorite episode for a lot of reasons, mostly because of how much you love baby day, baby, baby day, <laughs> baby's day out. Let me have more scotch. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but the fact that I, the, the, the trial by fire, getting that thing together was what I remember. Um, Are we doing, do we want to yeah. do some golden shields? 
We should. We should. We should. Well, before we leave the mail side, I just want to. We got. I just want to read. I mean, we've got a bunch okay. of, of texts and calls and run-ins on the street oh, nice. and uh, and letters got about uh, about Who the cares? podcast ending. Um, but uh, well, yeah, nobody nobody reaches out to you. But um, we got one from uh, uh, a friend of mine named uh, Derek Powell. He's an actor uh, up in Syracuse, uh, New York. He was an understudy in the production of the play that goes wrong that I did a couple years ago. And I think he is also going to be an understudy uh, in the company of Murder on the Orient Express, which I'm about to head up and do in a, a month's time. Um, mm. But I didn't know he listened to the podcast at all. I had no idea. Oh, wow. And he wrote a letter um, saying, uh, I know it's been a rather long time since we spoke, but I've been meaning to reach out to you for a while. Long time listener, first time caller. Mm. As you near your hundredth and final episode of opening weekend, perhaps you've already recorded the last one. Nope. That's happening now. <laughs> I needed to take the opportunity to thank you from the bottom of my heart for the love, passion, humor, and sweat that you've dedicated to what I consider to be the greatest podcast of all time. Whoa. Uh, allow me to gush for a few paragraphs. I've listened to every single episode at least once since I began following the show in December of 2022. My initial intention was to do a greatest hit style listen so I could get your take on my favorite films and get some new recommendations. After listening to a couple of episodes, I think my first picks were the Back to the Future trilogy and the Boogie Nights Best Ensemble Casts episodes. I realized that if I was to understand the myriad references and inside jokes, I would have to start from the beginning. And I'm so very glad that I did. For the last calendar year, opening weekend has been my go-to podcast for driving, cooking, eating, doing dishes. It has seriously become a huge part of my life. The smiles, snickers, and belly laughs you guys have provided were my comfort on bad days and my celebration on good days. Aww. Spotify has assured me that over 11,000 minutes in 2023 were spent listening to the fruits of your labor. I'm incredibly wow grateful for those 11,000 minutes. The films I've discovered through the podcast are too many to count, plus I'm too embarrassed by my cinematic naivete to admit just how many flicks I'd never even heard of, let alone seen before. You're welcome in advance about Sorcerer. Uh, opening weekend has been a true education in the classics, the good, the bad, and the baby's day outs. And what? it has been just as instructive when it comes to dissect. He said that baby's day out was its own thing. Uh, and it has been just as instructive when it comes to dissecting and better understanding the medium, what information is extraneous and what is vital to storytelling on screen, what choices create the most compelling narrative, what shapes a film's tone, what makes something camp, and most importantly, what would Gene Shalit say? <laughs> right. But even more educational are the insights I've gleaned from your personal anecdotes. Hearing three veteran actors, we're so old, talk shop and share war stories from the early days of their respective careers has been more inspiring than I can convey here in words. It's tough for a theater maker who's just starting out post-pandemic, but it's so validating to be reminded that everyone struggled at first, even the performers you admire the most. Please send along my deepest appreciation and respect to your dear friends, Fred Berman and Dan Matisse, for sharing so much of their lives, careers, and cinematic predilections through their own personal anecdotes for the segues the hand farts the impressions for every goddamn member of the arthropod squad thank you i know that it must be odd for them and for you to receive messages like this praise from listeners about whom you know so little but with whom you have shared so much of your personal lives just know that what you've created and shared with your fans has been invaluable and has truly enriched my life Whatever the future holds for opening weekend, it will always be my favorite podcast, one that I will return to and cherish again and again. Wow. Your fan, Derek Powell. I just wow. thought that was a beautiful letter. That's uh, gorgeous. And, and, and really sums up so much of what 
what I think the three of us feel and appreciate about the time we've spent doing this. And, and so it's very gratifying to, uh, to hear somebody share, uh, that it meant something to him. And, uh, yeah. So thank you to Derek. Thank you to all our listeners, those who've written in before, those who've called, texted and, uh, made your voices heard. Really, really happy that you've, uh, taken this journey with us for a hundred episodes. Holy good, you put out the vote. No, you can catch it. You sit on my house! 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 I prepared nothing for the how many if annual golden shield. The last, well, the, for now, the last golden shielders. They're golden shielders. The awards that we give to ourselves because we're just those kind of guys. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Now here for our final episode, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna keep the nostalgia train rolling along and we're gonna we're gonna uh, talk about some of our our favorite moments over the last year and over the entire history of the podcast okay let's see gold well normally uh historically the golden yes. shield is begin with what we normally end this podcast with the best manualist performance oh good lord of the year as longtime listeners or First-time listeners, well, if you're a first-time listener now, where the fuck have you been? Uh, you can discover we end every single episode, starting with the first one, with Dan masterfully hand-farting mm. something. Oh, good, Blavin. Well, I'll give you well, mine. I always yeah. let you guys do this one because yeah. I have no perspective on it. Okay. my And there's been a lot. But this year, I think, and I think it came out, it was your passion for the movie and for so much about it, but... The Temple of Doom in the Purple Rain. But it was really the Temple of Doom segment. Uh, It it really was. It was gorgeous. Like, it was like you had four hands. That was what was amazing about it. It seemed like little do you know. I mean, I posted the picture of us. The last picture I posted uh, of the three of us was it was for the holidays, for the new year. It was mm. Jason and I watching you hand fart that. And the looks oh, of astonishment that that was? on it was our pretty, faces. It was pretty amazing. It, yeah. was, uh, it was a tour de farts. <laughs> well, let's give it to that. That's that. I, 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 I think so. I think I've got to give it to that one too. Okay. I mean, that was just, it was incredible. Really, really great. Really great. Unless you, They're I mean, good. unless you want to go with the, you know, <gasps> one of Jason's favorites theme to uh, Hotel New Hampshire. You could go <laughs> that way. Shut up, God almighty. Well, while, while we're there, yeah, while why we're don't there. we jump on to um, <laughs> the worst movie we reviewed this year. This year, wow. For me, definitely. 
Hotel New Hampshire. I hated that thing. <laughs> I hated it. This I gotta say, this we we reviewed some really bad movies this year. There were a lot. I I had I originally had that on the list, Hotel New Hampshire, but I thought, but I remember Dan, you and I found it somewhat interesting. Yeah, uh, I didn't think yeah, it was as yeah. bad. I, I am. There were fewer movies this year though. It was only 12 episodes right, really. They, so. Man, we did some, there were some stinkers. Some stinkers. <laughs> I had, I had a three way tie, but I think <laughs> I know cause I just listened to this episode mm-hmm. cause children of the corn was pretty bad. <laughs> Mannequin. I, I fucking hated. So good. But, I'd watch them both on a loop before hotel. Sure. But the movie that and I just listened to this episode that I, I really say. couldn't stand was Godzilla. Yeah, Godzilla oh God, gets mine as well. I think yeah. that might be that might be the worst movie. Oh, yeah, that Godzilla is really bad. Was, was just because at least bad. Hotel New Hampshire, you could say, okay, they were trying, yeah. they, they, they took a great, possibly a great piece of literature and mm. maybe they just made some missteps. Yeah. There were, you know, good actors doing good work in it, just in a really fucked up shitty movie to you. Godzilla yeah. was just like, uh, okay, misstep at every. All right. <laughs> well, as a, as a group, yes. If we're going as a group, yes, then I'll give it to Godzilla with, a, you know, for if that's, you know, it's the, the, the one with the most votes wins. So there you go. Godzilla, which I hated. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But I'm trying to think like if I had to watch that again or Ooh. Hotel New Hampshire, what would I do? I'd probably just go to sleep for a long, long time. <laughs> actually, you make a good um, point. I might, I might watch Godzilla. I don't know. Actually, I don't uh, Indecent proposal was also bad, but Godzilla gets it from me. Oh God! Sure. Yeah, you're right. There were some real stinkers, but Hotel New Hampshire stands out to me as being odious. Okay, I just really didn't like it. But Godzilla wins. Godzilla's okay. the winner. Okay, no? congratulations, Roland, as or as you called him, <laughs> war criminal, Roland Emmerich. <laughs> oh my God, that's right. <laughs> Congrats. Uh, in the words oh, of, uh, I wrote this down too. This was an early episode. In the words of uh, of Tote, <laughs> Ernst Tote, this shit is nefarious even for me. <laughs> this shit is nefarious even for me. Speaking of Ernst Tote, actually, oh. Ernst is part of, for, uh, for our, 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 our listeners, they know. And, and, and you're the Segway King. So you're Segwaying yeah. from one award to the ah, other. It's okay. beautiful. I see. You're masterful. Your friend Derek <laughs> mentioned the Arthropod Squad. And the Arthropod oh, Squad, yeah. they've been with us since really <laughs> since day one when we first met Sheila, who these these awards are based on. Sheila was our first Dear super Sheila. fan. She was apparently in love with Dan. Uh, and one. then she fell into the hands of, uh, of <laughs> Dr. Merlot. Dr. Merlot, who who hybridized her into a murder hornet. Uh, there was a, a, a long journey. Al Pacino, Jack Nicholson, uh, 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 are, are the two babies from Baby's Day Out. Uh, uh, oh, a warden named Eustace, who was our first call-in. So many people got together to try to save Sheila, who it turns out was being held in the hands of uh, QS, the queen sucker, who we found out was actually Richard Dreyfus, who actually had an affair with Sheila. He and Sheila were in love in the filming of uh, Mr. Holland's opus. He was so upset when Sheila left him and, and to express his true love for Dan, which came out when she was working on the pottery uh, wheel and singing Unchained Melody in that episode, in the ghost episode. Oh, sloppy uh, we, Nick, Nick Nolte... 
was brought into the fold uh, yes, to through, the through a crack in, in the, the space-time continuum. Yes. Uh, he put on his old, rotted Superman outfit. Uh, he battled <laughs> with QS. They worked Thank it out. You're doing this. Thank yeah. God you're doing this. Thank God you're doing this. I forgot so much doing this. this. I, I don't remember it, half of it. It really was epic. It was, I mean, <laughs> if you think that what, what Kevin Feige did with the MCU was great, he doesn't have fucking ball sweat on what happened here on the opening weekend podcast. So Nick Nolte's Superman and, and Richard Dreyfuss's uh, Queen Sucker came together. Yeah. They realized they could work together. Uh, Richard was reunited with Sheila, but the only way they could consummate is if he went through a full hybridization with Dr. Merlot wow. as well. He became a quail salmon. Mm. They now have children. Uh, they've had uh, people have come into babysit those children. We've had <laughs> real characters, uh, real humans. We've had characters from movies. Uh, we've had we've a had lot of people. dead old people that no one under 40 has ever heard of who've come in to dis discuss their lives in the afterlife. We've had so many people that have formed this crazy thing that we like to call the Arthropod Squad. Mm, Ernst Tote being a part of them. Do we have a favorite now, and they, and they haven't. If you've just listened to this last year, you probably haven't heard much of them. That might change. Is this I don't know. All time favorite, or or this should be all time favorite. Right? All time favorite. I think so, yeah. All Arthropod favorite. Squad all member. All time favorite. Gosh, boy. Well, um, I, you know what? I'll go. I'll go. I'll go in probably what is an unexpected direction. Whoa. We don't. We don't actually hear from this member. A lot, a lot, like hear directly from them. But we get a lot of, we've gotten a lot of mail sack from this member over the years. They've ostensibly influenced the podcast more than any other member. And they've taken the greatest journey, um, as you've described it um, so deftly, Fred. I'm going to give it to Sheila. How do you not? Holy you know, shit. Overall, if we're doing She's overall. Yeah. Like the most influential, the most significant, the greatest tale. Her tale <laughs> is an epic tale. <laughs> and her tale I mean, is literally her a tale. great tale because it can sting you or it can love you. Your choice. It can sting you or it can love you. Oh, this is very good. It's very, very good. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to. I, I got to agree with you. That's unexpected. I didn't. I was. Look, the last, I was like, is it going to be? Because the last, the past three Sheila Awards, I think it's gone to tote. I think we've all given it to tote. <laughs> is it, it really? The, Every time? Really? I think so, wow. because there's like a pathos to him that we always, you know, he's, he's you know, he's, he's, he's a Nazi with a melted face, but he's <laughs> trying to do something a little different. We've always, so I was wondering to give it to him. I have a really fond place in my heart. I don't know if he's necessarily, he tried to become an arthropod squad member, but I, th I feel like he was pushed out, but his, it's his optimism that I always love. That would be <laughs> Frankie Pentagli. Oh, oh, Frankie Pentagli. <laughs> <laughs> From you know, heaven. He's just so easy. Heaven, he's so easy going. I think being deceased made it hard for him to get a foothold yeah. in the actual, <laughs> in the in the actual squad. Yeah, I know. He was him and Ed Burns where they wanted to be babysitters, <laughs> but I, I think you're right, Dan. I think it's Sheila. It all comes back to Sheila. Wait, 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 wait. Wait a minute. What about me? What about Al? 
Mr. Pacino. I just Pacino. popped in. I just popped in. Hello. Oh my God, Al Pacino's here in my house. This always He's in happens. House. Jason, you need to get better locks because people just bust in all the time. Oh, no, 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 He's always called in. Oh my God. In. I know. Well, it's usually Gene Shalit, who I'm sure will will be here later. But <laughs> I get. You know what? Because I left. I left. I left, I, left, I left my door open. Oh, and I Jason. Say, and I have a sign that says "Free Magazines." And, I, I, and people have just been coming in. I'm trying to get rid of some magazines. I didn't want to just put them all in recycling. And so people have been coming in and out. But I didn't think the great Al Pacino would be here. Oh, God, yes. He does love his ebony. <laughs> you know I do. You know I do. Oh, my God. What? you I know the squad's been, you know, we kind of been, uh, we, we've been spread around, impregnating people, doing different things. Going to the hospital, going to Lakers games, sleeping. We're all spread around now. But uh, oh, you don't think you don't think of me? Have I, I have I ever been nominated? I don't know if you've ever. You're uh, Mr. Pacino. This is a Godfather Three situation. Yeah, it's a travesty if you're not even at least nominated. We love you, and it's. Uh, I, I don't want to seem like it's a slight. Speaking of spread around, though, oh, this does make oh, me think. Oh, you're my language. No, because the last time we spoke to the younger version of you, right. he had spilled a little of his, a little of his seed oh, into Nick Nolte's coffee cup. Oh. Oh, so his coffee he, cup? Yeah. <laughs> Not his coffee cup, his coffee can. His coffee can. It's, well, I was just checking. It doesn't matter to me one way or the other. Well, I don't know why I'm editing in the moment. I'm gonna yes and it was gonna be it was gonna be held for the future so you could use it. It was a receptacle of some kind. Right. It was a receptacle. It was his your hit your younger sperm mixed with the ashes of Roscoe, which provide you your child your upcoming child today. Which you've now you have successfully impregnated someone. Has this child been born yet? Not that I know of. And Beverly D'Angelo is not the mother this time the, around. Uh, well, no, no, no. Not sweet Beverly. No, no, it's another one. It's another one. I don't remember. I don't know. I do not know. Remember. I know I, because, because I'm always working. I'm doing, got a little house of Gucci here, a little Irishman. These things are like three years ago. But I, you know, but I'm still working on them in my mind. <laughs> And actually, you know, I've been very busy. And, you know, I can't, I tell you, I don't know. It seems that way. How many, I have, because Jack and I just finished the Lunchline sequel. We just finished the, so I can't, I haven't even been able to focus. Lunchline, for people who don't, Lunchline was a movie. This was an idea that came up uh, oh God, years yeah. ago where, uh, where so good. Mr. Pacino and Mr. Nicholson were, were, were they were, they were uh, criminals on the lam, right? And you on become lunch ladies. We're, we're, we're going undercover as lunch ladies. Uh, one of us is named Myrna P. Myrna, I think, and the other one's named Gladys something or other. I don't know. I think you just made the sequel. I I know, but you, you got to understand, everything's on cards. <laughs> everything's on cards now. I got a card, I got a thing in my ear. No, it's great. We're doing it. It's got John Voight is in it. John Voight is going to play a corrupt principal putting fentanyl in the mac and cheese. Or maybe... Maybe it's his dick in the sloppy Joe mix. I don't know. He's putting something in something. Again, I only did, I didn't do the coverage. I just did my, you know, I did my part of it where I go, what? You know, when I see him, I walk in, I got the hairnet, I got the gloves on. I say, what? And then they tell me John's going to do something here. Anyway, it's called Lunchline Part Due, a 
pizza the action. So, <laughs> well, can we? That I would award you. I can imagine you getting a golden Sheila maybe for best performance in a hair or something. Some, something. Whatever. Make up the award. Whatever you got to do. You guys, the, 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 you, may, you may, can you hear this in the background? The time phone. The time phone Ooh, is ringing. Okay. I can only imagine who's calling in at this moment because this is this is you know oh these boy. two have, have spoken before. Um, let me just make sure it's this person. Okay. Can I get you something to drink, Mr. Pacino? Yeah, yeah, just uh, if you got Perrier. <laughs> Hello, yes. this is Opening Weekend Podcast. You're on the time phone. Who is speaking, please? Oh, yeah, I'll put, okay, I knew it. I'll put you right on. Ladies and gentlemen, young, calling <gasps> from the past, young Al Pacino. And now maybe we can clear this whole coffee can, coffee cup, receptacle, <laughs> where fluids are going situation up. With these two, which, which you know, we thought this was going to happen a few weeks ago on the podcast, but here we are. Go, go ahead, Mr. Young Pacino. Papa Carlito. Papa Carlito. Can I call you that now? <laughs> of course you can. I think I know you're the older version of myself, but I look at you like a father. Did we have a baby? I d- Did it work? Again, I'm going to have to Google to see <laughs> if the kid... Google. Is, is that yet? what they're calling it these days? You Google all over the woman? Hold on a second. Has my child no, I better put in I better put in Al Pacino. What are you typing in? Child. I'm typing in a computer. Mr. Young Pacino, there's a thing called the internet here in the future, your future, uh, where, where you can internet. basically find out where you can I wore basically an find internet out in cruising. It went into it was a net that went inside and it oh, caught a lot of my. things let me tell you that <laughs> I got a beautiful baby boy I got a beautiful baby How I got a beautiful wonderful. baby born June 6th of 2023 apparently Whoa. at Cedar Sinai this just happened a few months ago it worked wow Nick get over here I'm talking to old Mr. Al Mr. Nolte are you there what what, what? What's going on? What's happening there, young Al? Remember when I, when me and Lumpy, we went into the, into the bodega mm-hmm, and I Googled mm-hmm. all into uh, Roscoe's ashes? That's what they call it these days. You Google. Absolutely very scientific. Remember and William, and William Friedkin filmed it because he was going to make, he said, we'll no, make either a cruising like, tour or a sorcerer. We can combine them. It'll be a, a magic sling that you're in and, and they, they got to transport you across the jungles of South America. There was an explosion into your coffee can, into Nitro. Roscoe's. Ashes. <laughs> and remember, you put it in the little, you put it in Richard Dreyfus's his little mini fridge that he had on the back of that trailer. You kept it he, there for all these he years. He always have that. He always have that. He's like, you know, he's like, have a Coke and a smile. <laughs> like, oh, oh, Richard. It worked. It worked. You, we we made a baby. There's That's a baby. Fantastic. There's a future baby here wonderful, in our wonderful. time in 2023, 2024. That is the seed of everything that you guys put together back there. Everything we worked so hard for. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. I was just wondering. Now, the question is, will it do our bidding? (laughs) (laughs) You know why we did this? To see if we could get... Mr. Old, Mr. Present Day Pacino, what do you think of that? That's triggering to me because that's what I kept hearing when I was in the back of the club. Will will you do my bidding? (laughs) And he said, stop it, Mr. Friedkin. Look, we got through it. We got through it. You're still crying about it. Look, you get to be my age, you forget it even happened. Old Pacino. Oh, that's funny. We could just call you Old Pacino instead of Al Pacino. Old Pacino. (laughs) 
Oh, oh no, someone's here. May, oh, no. May I enter? Oh, no. I, I, oh, I no. saw you had a copy of Home and Garden outside here for free. I wanted to come. Oh, ah! my God. Richard Dreyfus is in my house. This is getting very complicated between people on the time phone and people yeah. in my actual home. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Dreyfus. Oh, Richard Dreyfus. Alfred. Oh, my God. He's Alfred, leaking you, everywhere. You with the headphones on, step aside. I'm speaking to Al oh, Pacino here. Mazel tov. Anya, you have a child, Thank I you. hear. Muzzles, muzzles, muzzles. I got a few. Some look better than others. <laughs> I got a bunch. I got a bunch, yeah. But, uh, well, it's worthy you know, of I, celebrating I, all of your I, beautiful, I, I, beautiful I, I children. It was yeah. already seven months later. I totally forgot I had this one. But I'm glad for the internet. I'm so glad for information. It's the superhighway. Who are you on the phone with right now? Oh, it, it's us, Mr. Uh, Mr. Mr. Dreyfus, Mr. Queensucker. It's, it's, yeah, us, let's it's us guys on. from let's the opening weekend podcast. Hello, mm. nice to see you. Always, always <laughs> nice to see me. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, We're happy for this close encounter with you. Oh, wait, no. the, wait, the phone, the reg, okay, oh, regular phone oh is ringing. God. Hang on, everybody. Hang on a second. Wait, wait, wait. Yes, hello, opening weekend podcast. You're on the regular phone calling into the Golden Chila boy, episode. Oh Who's speaking, please? This is the sayer <laughs> of the floor. Floor, baby. <clears throat> Greetings, Monsieur Pacino. Uh, salutations, my boy. Et al. Now you listen to me, Mr. Berman. Yes? In your recounting, your recapturing. Oh, no. Of the saga of said squad. Yeah. <laughs> Nary a mention of yours truly. I you mentioned Eustace, for God's sake. He hasn't been sit- no one's seen a hide nor hair of him in a year and a half. I, I think he's dead. I think he's been dead, right? And you- <laughs> or not. I don't know. I didn't know I had a kid. I don't even. <laughs> Congratulations, by the way. Thank you, I guess. Your, your sperm was not flawed. Oh, for the once. one thing about me that isn't, baby. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Say the Flaws. I would like to bring up your flaw. There's not one single flaw in Lensky, and I dare you to find one. Come, come. Uh, That's what Lumpy the, said the, to, to the, young the, Al Pacino. The, <laughs> the thing that's flawed about that movie is that I haven't seen it. And I will. I'll rent it. I'll go down to a family video and rent that one. Watch Krippendorf first. It's, it, it makes it'll make all the sense in the world. It helps it. It helps it a lot. Now, now, good. wait, Mr. Sayer of the Flaws. I'm sorry, and and I do apologize, but I actually think I did. I might have been wrong. I said earlier that I gave Tote my favorite Arthur Pratt Squad Golden Sheila the last couple of years. I think I actually gave you the award one year. I think you are a past Golden Sheila award winner. Finally, oh. you are fixing what is flawed, but another flaw you've made. Is that last year's Golden Sheila, or perhaps it was the year before, went to <laughs> someone who's here with me now. Adam, Adam, come over to the come over to the phone, oh, to wow. the regular phone, Adam, please. My God, and Jacob Joseph's here. here as well. They're here at my ranch, as they were last year. Adam, come over. They're, they they stayed through the holidays. Adam, go ahead and speak Hi. to the, to the oh, gentleman. I'm not Adam. Oh, it's Jacob jo- <laughs> No, no, Jacob Joseph. You can go first, Jacob Joseph. No, I just you, was saying hi. I just can't. Uh, no, Adam, you talk first. They wanted, they wanted you to talk. I just was here, so I was just like, hi. That's fine, Jacob. Jacob's here. Uh, Say the flaws here. We're here at the ranch. Um, no, Al's not so here many horses. 
There's a lot of horses here. At, uh, uh, Jacob Joseph likes riding them. The, what, what are you guys uh, you know, doing now? How's how's businesses? You guys always had such fascinating businesses. Coming oh. up with the greatest of them all is really? what we're doing, and that's how we're doing. And Jacob Joseph and I have been brainstorming for this particular episode, haven't we, Jacob Joseph? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Star forks, the forks for bacon's. It's so good. Do you like bacons? Uh, Tired of eating bacons with your fingers and getting bacons grease all over your said fingers, as well as your chin, your face, your knees, your children, pets. Well, those well-lubricated days will be behind you when you use star forks, the forks for bacons, to eat your bacons. No matter which bacons you like, hickory smoked, apple wood, that other kind. Oh, God. Sugar-free? Sugar-free. Where can I our get these pa- forks? Our pa- Listen up. Our patented grease catcher glued just underneath our star forks will catch that hot fat and lock it away. <laughs> now, here's the thing you need to know. Don't call Sheila hot fat. No, That's my they're wife. Not, they're not made of Sheila. Jacob Joseph, you can tell them this, Jacob, has moved on from the diapers. He's freed himself. That's right. He's no longer. So we have all these diapers laying around. I'm in culottes now, but no <laughs> shirt. Like Dan Aykroyd? <laughs> That's what made me get the idea. I watched like Temple of Doom. I was like, who's that fancy gentleman? Yeah. And he's no longer. He Sassing around. Feeling free. There's extra folds. What lies beneath? <laughs> That'll be next episode. But the the you've lost all that bulk now underneath Jacob Joseph, mm-hmm. haven't you? Because you're no longer wearing it. He's using the restroom regularly and properly mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we have all of these, and we're very proud of him. We're all celebrating it. But we have all of these diapers, these absorbent diapers, just lying around. Some used, some unused. <laughs> And we're going to, and we've attached them to these forks. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to. I catch, saw it in a dream. Catch, yes, Jacob Joseph came up with it. I didn't even, I'll give him all the credit. He came up with it. I said, what if and, my diapers had forks on top of them instead of me? Right. And so it will catch that. <laughs> it will catch that, as it's always done, it will catch that hot fat and lock it away. Plus, now here's the kicker. making me hungry over here. As, as, as we should. What's the catch? Now, What's the catch? What do you got? Here's, I, get, here's, I feel something else coming at him. Here's the kicker. Plus, each star fork has a picture of your favorite Star Wars star engraved right into it. It's like Anthony Daniels is saying, thank the maker of star forks. There'll be no oil bath for you. I'll take care of this grease. <laughs> Obi-Wan to eat that bacon and wash it down with a Guinness after Sir Alec Guinness feeds it to me on my star fork. Ever wanted Peter Mayhew in your mouth? Your walking carpet prayers are answered with star forks, the forks for bacons. What do you think of our first... Business that Jacob I think that's Johnson fantastic. And I, I really, it makes no logical sense. And a fork attached to a diaper does not sound good. But 
It's you put all the you make it sound good. That's it. You make it sound great. You make it like work. I think everyone will want it. I, I absolutely think that that's a, I think that's a viable business. Thank you, Jason Joseph, for donating your both used and unused diapers. The parts oh, you got it. that are still absorbent. <laughs> My some of my culottes are used now. Would oh, you like those? We could use those as well. Mm-hmm. We do have a backup business in case Star Forks, the Forks for mm-hmm. Bacon, doesn't mm-hmm. pan out. Saucierer. <laughs> Ever make a dry meal and wish it were I don't know wetter, moister, <laughs> a little more damp, perhaps a little. Saucier? Uh huh. Well, uh-huh. your walking carpet prayers are answered. I cut and pasted that. I got to change that out. That was a cut and paste. With saucier. Our patented. Now, we also got this from some of the diapers. Our patented gelatinous goo added to virtually any dish. We'll give it the sauce it so desperately needs, needs and that you so desperately deserve. That, 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 that goo is, is, is my face. Mr. Poe, Now, not a lot of people know this, but he did donate some of his face goo to the proceedings, as well as whatever was or wasn't in the diapers. Or bacon, Thank that's you so a little much. bit more anti-Semitic. <laughs> 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 Which you can sell down on the on the on the on the uh, the Miami Beach circuit when you head back down there. Uh-huh. Thank you, Mr. Toad. Are you Thank on the you. phone or are you here with us? I, I'm everywhere and oh, of course you are. He's going oh, through my magazines. Now I can't get oh, rid good. of those now. Oh, yeah, those, now you're never going to get rid of those. No, They're those just have goo. to go right in the garbage. I'm sorry, Mr. To- Perrier. Anyone want a Perrier? <laughs> Mr. Pacino's got one. Thick, salty, and brimming with nutrients. Saucerier. Saucerier. Comes in two varieties, white or brown. What? And unlike... <laughs> And unlike the gelatinous goo in Sorcerer, Saucerer only combusts with flavor. <laughs> Try Saucerer. Now we're going to have to get Roy Scheider's okay with this. <clears throat> but Roy oh, Scheider sure. says, Mm-mm, I'd drive a truckload of Saucerer through a dangerous South American jungle while my cowardly assassin sidekick bleeds to death and a Frenchman gets distracted by his own sentimentality and drives off a cliff as I slowly lose my mind just to get me some saucier <laughs> wow. Hold on one second. Hold on. We, we should probably get Roy Scheider's blessing. He's passed on, though, right? Hold, oh, wait. Oh, hold on. Look. My heaven phone. I, I got a heaven phone installed. You got a heaven phone. So let me just. Yeah, I got one installed. I just figured in case we want to continue the podcast, let's say. Yeah. Oh, no. Roy's not available? What do you think he would say then? Who oh, is okay. Hold on. I'll put him on. <laughs> oh, we know who's coming on. <laughs> Roy says. What is it? Alex Brown says. He likes white sauce. Okay, thank you. Thank. I had a feeling you were going to say that. I'm sorry, guys. Okay, so it seems like Roy would like it. Wow, 
Wow. Yeah, yeah I don't really would like it, but the question is what I like, and I'm better for the part. I should have been, I was an offer to you, 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 Steve McQueen turns it's, it's it down. You phone, don't even call still, me. You still on that damn phone there, Loja? <laughs> you were too tan for it, Mr. Loja. You're tan. It didn't work with the white balance of the film that Freakin was going for. It doesn't make any damn sense. Richard, come over here and judge us. What do you think of that? You went off the I, I don't know why. I mean, I've spent my life just riding on tractors through jungles. <laughs> I could have done that. I just sit down on there with Wilford, my Behind me, that that was the problem with that movie. You needed the you gentle needed touch me. of a Wilford Brimley you needed to be me back there, holding just. you from behind, making exactly. sure the diabetes doesn't get out of control. Right, you just got some. You just have if you eat enough, you get enough oatmeal in you, and then you just everything starts to feel, just starts to mold to the shape <laughs> of the person in front of you, and it's like you're like a human cup holder is what you are. <laughs> And you just hang on, and then you're just for dear life. Go, you just go for the ride. Go for the ride, Roy. If Roy Scheider was here right now, he would understand that. And, and this whole, it's sort of a metaphor, I think, for this this podcast that you guys have been doing. It's the same type of thing. You hop on the tractor, you have a large chubby man with a mustache get on behind your and you just go for the ride. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Frankie, look. I can't, I can never find the Ed Burns voice. Oh, there it is. It's up here somewhere. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? Can anybody tell me why I'm up here with these freaks? Can anybody explain this to me? And this Dan, the guy, the guy with the Mets hat, said that your career is over. He uh, said, what? He said your career is over. Frankie said your career is not over. Jason said. <laughs> You're looking at magazines in there again. Did you tell him about Lunchline Part 2? Huh? A pizza the action, boys. A pizza the action. Nobody's seen me in a while, but it's going to be fan-fucking-tastic. Oh, you got a Perrier there? We can't. How the Perrier is flowing at Jason's house. We can't wait to see it, Mr. Nicholson. Hey, yes, and I'm making the pizza for the movie. It's perfect. Smidgen, stop humping. What are you doing on the phone? I told you get back in there. Get back in there. I'm sending more I'm sending more Johns into that bodega to do what come natural. God. I think that's oh. your business I'm running now. Forget Saucier. We can call my place Saucier, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Well, we could sell it there. We could. I think we we've got everyone together now this is sort of it's it, it's it's sort of amazing that pretty much everyone from the arthropod squad has sort of uh i, I, do, I, I think they're all here wait a minute what? jason I'm, you normally have that ice bucket behind you <laughs> in your apartment oh, no. i don't see it anymore <laughs> who's got it i just had to, I had to cool my head off i have oh! It's so, so damn hot. It's so hot. Oh, uh, boys. Now, uh, I'm so glad everyone's here, both the on the phone. It's winter. Why are you I'm, hot, for God's no, sake? Because, of, because of my body, because of all, all this carbon. Look at me. <laughs> my my <laughs> carbon footprint. Matthew Those Broderick could stand in my carbon footprint and not know he was standing in it <laughs> until the camera pulls out. And Those that war carbs, criminal, Roland Emmerich. <laughs> Carbs and carbon footprint. No, this is perfect. I've got everybody here. Well, I feel like oh, we're no. missing. We're missing someone really uh, oh, in, no. integral. 
I think that the, well, I mean, we, we were about to award her the golden Sheila. Oh, 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 oh. Is she with you? Oh, there she's coming, my love, with surprise, boys. Hi, everybody. Damn. Damn. What the whole podcast is ending? I can't believe oh, it. I can't I believe it. <laughs> You've done it again, Sheila. You always do. We're so happy. How are Richard Jr. and Richard now? Are they doing all right? I think they're fine. <laughs> <laughs> think they're fine. Oh, they have they gone the way of Pacino's missing kids? That's what I mean. They, they, went, they went camping with Pacino's infant, and I, I haven't oh, no. seen him. I haven't seen hide nor nor leg hair of them since, since June. Sometimes you just have to take your baby, your larvae, and say, fly, fly, larvae, fly. Sometimes they, they, it really is a baby's day out. Oh, how oh, It all just came apropos. full circle. Oh, wait, speaking of, let's say with the flaw again. Speaking of coming full circle, someone over here who truly did start it all, please come to the phone. Well, I tell you, I was the first oh call, and I won't be the last call. And I'll tell you, and I oh, was Eustace. just so happy for you that you got to episode one hundred. I just, I just wish y'all the best. I, I just love y'all, and I just want to thank you for, for, for everything that you did, and everything that you do, and everything that you done did, and done doing. And you know, you know, everybody, you know what I'm saying. Oh, I think we do. I think we do finally know <laughs> what you're saying, Eustace. And it's this coming is coming through loud and clear. Good, that's a ten-four. Good, ten-four. Good buddy, ten-four. Oh, ten and thank you for starting everything off. Thank you to to all of you, to everyone in this 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 little family we call the Arthropod Squad. Thank uh, you. You're welcome. Have, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Other, other voices. <laughs> you are welcome. Ooh, you're welcome, I guess. You're welcome. Uh, you're, uh, you're, you're all welcome. You're all welcome. And now that I have you all here, I'm going to no. hybridize you all. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. <laughs> until, until kind of my own star killer base is kind of just, <laughs> it's going to call it the arthropod pod. It's just going to be one huge Pulpy, mucusy pod, and we'll see if you're sentient. And um, <laughs> Sheila, sting him real quick, knock him out. No, sting there's no need. Oh God! Get him, my bucket! On my bucket! All right, everyone out! Everyone go! This is wonderful to see all of you. I'm gonna take we, some old parades. We, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even pay for these. They came with the paper. Yes, you can have those, Mr. Pacino. Save some, save some for me. They're not flawed. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Goodbye, sweet, sweet Arthur Pod Squad. Love you. I'll see y'all next time. I love y'all. Ah, they brought us. Hang up the phone. Hanging up. Wilfred, hang up the heaven phone. I gotta go to the bathroom. Pizza reaction coming in June. All right, hung up. Everyone's gone. Okay. Everybody's not. Yeah, my door's closed for now. Oh. Oh, they, uh, they brought us wow. as much love as <laughs> as they have brought us confusion. Uh, and so much of that. Yeah. So that's so much of the latter, which, you know, by the transitive property. 
means they brought us so much of the former, too. Swings back around. Wow. Oh, yeah. God bless them okay, all. Okay, so Sheila, Golden yeah. Sheila for favorite Arthur <laughs> Squad member goes to Sheila, right? Yeah. I guess so. Good I guess job. we gotta it's give got it to Sheila. She started it all. She started it all. Oh, it's my God. Got to. Um, okay, let's, okay, let's move on. Let's see. Uh, what, what was the, um, the biggest surprise mm. this year? And go back and look. I know. Let's see. Um, I know mine. I think I am going to give it, and this was not a well-liked movie, but it uh, it was well-liked by me, but not by the two of you as much, Over the Top. I enjoyed Over the Top. <laughs> fa- I enjoyed Mannequin <clears throat> too, but I, I, not Mannequin too on the move, but Mannequin also. <laughs> But I enjoyed Over the Top so much more than I thought I was going to. That was a barrel of laughs in that sort of fun 80s. It was everything 80s that you want out of an 80s movie. I, I, I got to go. I, that is my vote as well, Over the <gasps> Top, because there was so, is it? I felt so much more kind of warmth and general good humor and affection for that movie than I ever thought I was going to. I mean, not good, as I said, yeah. bad yeah. movie, but like, yeah. but a very 80s movie that was like fun to watch like all the trappings of an 80s like it was like prime 80s prime stallone prime 80s and it was enjoyable not not a surprise like wow this is so much better than i thought but a a surprisingly pleasant watch (laughs) for me so yeah i'll give it to that too it's time for the ottcu the over the top cinematic universe what other film sees me grunt and cry with the added advantage of being able to sit down in chairs and lean against tables? That's perfect. The adventure begins next year with Over the Top 2, still topping, followed by Over the Top 3, Palm Sunday, and Over the Top 4, Handheld Messiah. Then. We'll change things up a bit because the over to the top franchise isn't just about arm wrestling after all. There's also thumb wrestling, hand slapping, and finger banging. In that spirit, 2027 will celebrate the 40th anniversary of Over the Top with Over the Top 5, Rocky Paper Scissors, Over the Top 6, Cat's Cradle, Over the Top 7, Patty Cake, Over the Top 8. Patty Cake 2, Baker's Man, and Over the Top 9, Patty Cake 3, Baker's Man 2, as fast as you can. I was going to give it to Murphy's Romance. Oh, that, oh, is a good, nice. that was a good very surprise. Murphy's Romance was, was my favorite. It took me yeah. a complete surprise at how much yeah. I enjoyed that movie. That could be a tie. Yeah. It could be a tie between those, absolutely. Yeah, I'm fine with a tie. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, that was a lovely movie. Yeah, Murphy's there we Romance go. was lovely. There we Fantastic. go. Okay, That's let's nice. see. What else do we got here? How about... Um, do we, uh, you know, so much of this, this podcast is us talking about our, our childhood, uh, memories Ooh, and nostalgia. Yeah. Do, do we have a, a, a best childhood story? My favorite, I'll, I'll throw mine out there. Yeah, go ahead. Was, it was m- my story but really brought up by you guys, and it was more your reaction. It was you guys talking in disbelief about the time that I went without pooping for a month. Oh, and which God. episode was that? Um, I don't know, but you brought it up, Dan. <laughs> we were talking about it. Yeah, was like it might have been. It might have been pri- earlier than the. It was around your colonoscopy <laughs> time. That might have been why we brought it your up. Your botched. That was probably maybe. It. 
uh, and I, I just enjoyed the discussion that uh, it came from w- 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 where you guys went with it. But I also yeah. really liked um, Jason uh, talking about the rolling like Fonda lyrics. And I guess that's why they call it the blues. <laughs> Rolling like Fonda, rolling like Jane Fonda under yeah. the covers. Yeah, oh, that I yes, I love. I, that's a, that's a good one because I do love. I love the memories of, of when I first, when I first came out of my shell and was exposed to human music and uh, and and found uh, found that I couldn't really keep up with the with the youth. I, I feel like that's I feel like that's been a constant refrain. How little I knew about pop music, rock music, any of that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, you and Fred and, uh, were like the opposites in that way. Yeah, he yeah. knew everything. And I was like, right, I was like, I, I thought Islands in the Stream and Eye of the Tiger were the same song for a long time. <laughs> yes. I'm really one of the dumbest people who's ever lived. <laughs> you listen to things on 2XL until like, oh, God. like last week. Until last still week, I, did, yeah. I, I still, I've got eight tracks all over this place. <laughs> I found 2XL. You guys saw that. I yeah. found 2XL. But it, Your it, own? I found my old 2XL. Oh, my yeah. God. But it's, it just a, it, it's just a plastic husk. Yeah. No, it, oh. had to go the, it had to go the way of the dodo. But, uh, what do you think? You guys have any favorite? I, I'm more inclined. I, I, it's, the years get you know, all so fuzzy to me, but I'm, I'm very inclined to just, to just go ahead and give it to Connie Francis's coat. In that whole situation, <laughs> whole situation. I'm just inclined to give the all-time the Sheila. Connie Francis coat situation. The yeah, all-time Sheila I can give to Connie. Fran- Connie Francis's coat or the boob popping. From, <laughs> that's still great. That's, that's still, still great. That's evergreen. But so is Fred not those. being able to poop for <laughs> for a year. A three-way it's, tie. There's a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> there's, there's a lot. It's all, all it's all Fred's. It's all yeah. Fred's misspent youth, which he I think has makes the best him happy. Of any of us, he does. And I also did the most. Up stuff as a and kid, is, like yeah. And this is no the most question. therapeutic for him. Like this yes, is he really why. works through his yeah. youth here. Mine, it's always yours. Is always about corn going down your pants. Mine's, Mine's always denial. about drawing. A book at my grandmother's table, like it, you know, I, and mine's like Little House on the Prairie. It's like every once in a while something happens at the at the mine, but otherwise it's just and mine is just about and, and doing needlepoint. Yeah, and mine's about lies, lies, bodily fluids, and poop. Right, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Which that's, can that's be, my which so, and sometimes, as you've told us, sometimes that third thing is a fluid. So sometimes you've got sometimes two and three. There's a Venn diagram there. They come together. There's some overlap. Yeah, oh, it's like so. Okay. Well, I'm honored. I'm, I'll accept on behalf you of you my win. colon, uh, uh, Connie Francis's coat, yes, uh, and Marion's popped boob. Thank you. Thank You're you. You're very, very welcome. Well, very welcome. Do we have a? F- now, I was saying in the beginning of this that I thought maybe this would win a Golden Sheila for for best argument. I don't know if it got there, but do we have a favorite argument of this year and of all time? Um, <laughs> I know what the all-time one is. All-time Blade Runner, right? No. Or is it no. Baby's Day Out? Baby's Day Out. No. Oh, it's or Gremlins 2. It's Gremlins 2. Gremlins 2. I think it's that Gremlins might be. Two. It's still Gremlins yeah. 2. Yes. This, I mean, to this day, hearing Jason go, you like dog shit. Yeah, you like dog shit. <laughs> is, on a whim. When I said, when I said like a Greek tragedy, yeah, you'll like always Oedipus. be laid low by yeah. your... <laughs> by your... <laughs> By your love for uh, Super Mario and Baby's Day Out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. And obviously, Dan, you have feelings that that are hard for you to express, that were hard for you to express to Jason 
when we were recording before. Okay, I'm really more of a 4.5 on Grammy. Then give too. it what you want to give and it. I, no, but I'm also I, what I'm having. I'm not I struggling know some so people much are with like my, twos on this movie. But no, I, I'm, I'm I, more that I'm struggling with is that you're giving it a nine. But here, but here's why, is because. I'm going through the travelogue in my mind of other movies you've given nines to. You're putting Gremlins to the new batch. Absolutely. In the same. Absolutely. You gave Shaun of the Dead 9.5. Jason. Oh, no, no, no. Wait. No, that might have been me. I'm trying to look at the. I gave Shaun of the Dead a 10. Uh, you gave Shaun of the Dead a 10, so let me see. I'm looking at the list that Damon made. Oh, yeah, here you are. You're if full I was 10. Gonna, if I was going to grade it, I always think of things as you like... You gave 7 a 9.5. Oh. You gave... 7 got uh, a 95 on the test. Gremlins gets a 90 on the test. That's you gave a 9.5 to The Sixth Sense. Yep. Uh, you what gave a 9 to Ghost. 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 Yes, movie is as good as Ghost. Yeah. Now, these, these, these are just the different Dan. Completely different. You gave Baby's Day Out but, fucking 7.5 or 8. You can never talk about anything again. And you did that in the first that seven was weeks. Argument. That was yes, Fred's of course. You I said Super Mario Brothers that, and Baby's Day Out. You gave Super That's Mario. It. What did you give Super Mario? We didn't do Sheila's back then, but you must have attributed something to it when we did, and it must have been around a fucking 8. So if <laughs> Super Mario Brothers is 80% on a test, Gremlins to the new batch is goddamn well a 90% on a test. <laughs> But this it's, is not, it's, it's not as good as Ghost and Seven. To you. To oh. you. Artistic viability, uh, just uh, aesthetic, you can't, I, I can't. I don't know what you're talking about. You, you love dog shit. You literally love dog shit based on a whim. You are probably the, when we, when I listen back to these things, I'm like, oh, Dan's so smart about film. And you can tell he's a professor now because he's really dramatic structure and plot and storytelling and real. He's just so smart. Yes, he was never this those. smart in Hofstra or when true. I lived with him That's very or true. in any of the jobs we worked together as actors. He's, he's evolved. He's truly evolved so beautifully. Like the Shalitsaurus, he soars. <laughs> but you're not going to tell me that I can't have my opinion about it when you no, no, will you go to bat for Baby's Day Out. You set your, you sealed your fate. It's like a tragic, you're like a, a Greek or Shakespearean tragic character who's like, it's like, ah, but that day... It was sealed. His fate was sealed. And no, and no matter if you're a king or whatever happens, you will be brought low again and again by your insistence that Baby's Day Out was a good movie. So I it, did tour the country as Eddie Puss for a while. <laughs> that this was, year, th I don't know that we, we got one. I know, you were, I know you were itching for I know you were scrapping for one well, with I think Sorcerer. What, but what might have been really yeah. good... I mean, you had mentioned I was sort of upset that you cut my colonoscopy story. Oh, God. But, but then we ended up taking the entire episode to talk about it, so... Couldn't avoid it as much um, as I wanted to. You, it was like your doctor. I could not avoid the, the backsplash. <laughs> Couldn't avoid going in there. You were the also angry on the last episode, Jason, that I even suggested doing Sorcerer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we came to... We, we, we didn't, like, argue, but we, we had a good amount of, like... Where was the spice? This going on over the sandlot. We did? Like oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah. I did not like that movie yeah. at all. 
Yeah. yeah and, and I was looking at it really from my developed. kid's point of view. Yeah. Yeah. It never really developed into an argument. I would, I, I, I maybe would give it to Sorcerer. I'd maybe give it to tonight. Oh, okay. To, to today. Sorcerer was good. Also, like you guys, Amazing Spider-Man, I was really down on oh, and you yeah. guys were really much higher on that than I was. And it made me, my that definitely made me angry. But again, yeah, not, <laughs> but, but not, uh, yeah, not as, I think let's give, let's give, let's, let's, Let's say we end with a bang and say that sorcerer, that your your love of sorcerer, like your nine point five Sheila love for sorcerer, yeah, Fred, is almost as offensive to us as some of the other betrayals we've been. Uh, I, I'd yeah. say I'd say in terms of atrocities, your love of sorcerer, my love of gremlins too, Dan's love of Baby's Day Out. These are the things. These are a few of our favorite things. <laughs> What's the best movie we reviewed this year? Whoa. E.T. 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 Yeah. Easily. E.T. That's okay. the easiest Boom. one. Boom. Done. Boom. Golden Sheila. Here you go, E.T. Yeah. Take it. Um, All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to co-opt the, the Sheila's for a go second. Go ahead. I, I need you to go on openingweekendpodcast.com. Everybody who's listening, oh, okay. go on there. Openingweekendpodcast.com. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Scroll down. First scroll past incredible Jake Thomas's poster. If you oh, haven't yes. looked at that yet, it's the greatest thing ever. Okay. And I want you to scroll down and just take a quick look through all of the posters. Oh, right, yeah. That Fred has made that are incredible. He uses Photoshop. He uses Photo Slop. He uses everything <laughs> to put this thing together. And my God, they are. Look at that Back to the Future one. That is, oh, God, that is a really work of good. genius. They're really good. Look at that. I'm going to put my glasses on here so I can even see it better. They're fun. The, the offbeat one. Fred as Meg Tilly. In Judge Reinhold's arms. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, These the are always fun to make. one is great. The Popeye one is really good with uh, with you as Sweepy, Dan. Yes. My, I think, oh, God. the one that I was like, I think the proudest of that I think just came out. I, I like a lot of them. Like, I, I really, <laughs> the, the Terminator Terror in the Isles one I always loved. Yes. But the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, uh, I think that's the winner. The Lord I, of the Rings. I always like that <laughs> one. Lord of the Rings is so good. Because really look at what's happening there. Lord of the Rings is so My good. God. The Goodfellas one is really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I love the, uh, I love the 1983 equals also. I love them, mm -hmm. but that's just because it's just me seeing myself in a Superman costume, uh, is always is awesome. a thrill. Uh, yeah, I'll go with, uh, I'll go with, are we saying Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, not yeah. Return of the King. Let me just Fellowship go, the oh my God, the Shining Episode and the Gong 67. Show movie. And They're Empire. all so good. That one I like too. And you're holding, you're Han Solo holding, uh, Sheila in your hands. You've it's just like become, yes. Oh, I love God. that. I love that so much. Oh, this was funny. I, re <laughs> I remember making the one for oh, the exorcist. Um, for the exorcist. <laughs> for, oh, it that was, was ridiculous. It was episode 31. And But Jason, do you remember this? So it's a picture. It's it's basically Dan as Linda Blair yeah. floating. It's not the best Photoshop I've done. <laughs> but it's, it's perfect. It's, really it's, funny. it's floating in the air and me and Jason as the two priests. And I remember, and I put it on here, but there's the green gas coming out uh -huh. of Jason's house. And I remember you, Jason, I had done a version without it. And you're like, yeah, the green gas is just too much. 
keep it out. So the one that I think I, no pun intended, released, you oh. know, when we talked about the episode, didn't have green gas. Oh. But I was like, let me put the one with green gas on here, just so we have it for Great. posterity. But you you thought the green gas was, was too a little much. too oh, yeah, much. I know. What a stupid son of a bitch. I'll go with Lord of the Rings, Lord The Fellowship of the, of the Ring, episode 67. There. They're so good. But I also, I would say the Goodfellas one is a, is a, a strong runner up. Yeah, and, I like that. Indeed. And I and if we're doing places, gold, silver, bronze, I also yeah. think episode 99 was really good. With yeah, Sha- that was a fun with, one. With Shallot as Prince on the on the motorcycle. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> They're always fun just trying to figure out what the hell I was going to do and just how so I can good. So make good. you guys chuckle. It makes me well laugh done, so Fred. They're so beautiful. Masterful. They're all works of art. God, love it. I'm trying to think, what else do we have? I mean, we've had a lot of Gene Shallot used to show up quite a bit. We haven't heard from him for a while. I'm not even sure how he's doing, but he used to come in a lot and, um, oh my God, he's here, thank God. He's like, I conjured him. You know how many Cosmopolitan from 1987 to 1989? I think. Just those two years. Is that when you you briefly dated Cindy Crawford? I know. That was was before Cindy. This was Paulina Partskova and I had a little (laughs) fling. Don't tell Rick Okasik. Which one of us is dead? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. You insensitive asshole. Hi, boys. Oh, oh gosh. I, I, I had to come by. Shower. I didn't really need magazines. I mean, I always, oh. I just always, it's always nice to have a some, little something extra when you go into the dentist office, just in case you're like right. uh, family circle. I mean, what is that? <laughs> Who wants that? Who wants that? U.S. Yeah. News and World Report. Give me time. If you're not springing <laughs> for time. Anyway. I do like magazines, but I also love you guys, and you have have revitalized my career. I I mean, I'm not fully retired, but certainly I've gotten a lot of attention. I've gotten a lot of weird people coming up to the apartment, you know, leaving me things on the stoop. It's uh, there's there's a lot. I I know it's an apartment that has a stoop. It's I I live in a strange place. In a very well, strange place. We've missed you because you haven't shown. You showed up, I think, for just one of our episodes this year. Is that uh, right? That yeah, the right. witches of, of Eastwick. Oh, uh, right. that's right. Right, the you bitches of East of Dick, I believe, mm-hmm. was was mm-hmm. part of your review. I think but I went with that one. Yes. Yeah, is is there? Could we? I don't oh. know. I, I I'm assuming you're semi-retired, but could we? Could we throw out some names of movies as we've done in the past to get some reviews? Yeah. Oh, the last time you were here, you, you were very I, sick. I remember I, you. You literally caught COVID in the apartment. I, did, I think. I think that is true. true. I think you just get word out Wait, edgewise. I, yeah. I know it was very. It was very difficult for me. Wait, I didn't show up during. La- I didn't come up last year during the. Avatar episode? I don't remember. I don't remember and neither do you and certainly Jason doesn't. How are you, Jason? I'm fine. Yeah, you get some Perrier? Everybody everybody just kind of know there's Perrier? Oh, because I wrote Perrier under free magazines. I don't know why I wrote that. Free magazines and Perrier, yeah. That's right. Perrier don't grow on trees. Let me get some of that. That sweet, sweet nothing. Um, Speaking of sweet, sweet nothing, uh, we watched a movie this year called James and the Giant Peach. Have you seen that? Did you ever see it? I did see it. I enjoyed it greatly. But my review (laughs) and a little something like this, James and the Giant Peach is the pitch. Oh. It's short and sweet. That's it. Short and sweet right there. James and the Giant Peach. All right. Sums it up. Even though you like it, even though you did enjoy it. Yeah, but who cares? Who really (laughs) cares if I liked it? 
I got a couple okay. of reviews. I, the check clears, then you exactly. know, you get your which money. It, half the time it did not. <laughs> well, you got to blame Paulie. What you about Paulie? Yeah, She's always say. going into the higher ups and saying, <laughs> "I don't think he's. I don't think he really deserves as much as Willard." Why? <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> he because he tells people that they're a hundred. Big deal. I can do Smuckers. that too. He gets paid mostly in smuckers. Speaking of one hundred uh, season, no, no, oh, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go, no, ahead, go ahead, Dan. I was going to say it is awards yes. season. A lot oh, of the, it surely is. It surely is. I wanted to see what you thought of uh, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer, more like slop and crime, sir. <laughs> It was a, a travesty, a travesty to make, to, to have Oppenheimer come and talk to me by the side of a, a lake and ask me my opinion on <laughs> nuclear fusion like that. I wasn't, I, I never met the man. I, oh, that was Albert Einstein. That was Albert Einstein, who I do share. We look a little bit alike. You, you're kind of like yeah, the sort of negative of Albert Einstein. That's, a, that's what both I, that's, geniuses, both that's geniuses. how I got my job. At the Today Show, I said, here's Albert Einstein. And I checked out the negative. I said, and here is a dashing young man who will do great things for your broadcast. And they said, I don't know why this is a selling point. And I said, please, God, give me a job. And if you just know who's stoop to shit on, see, that's ah, the correct go. use oh, of the word stoop. Back around. You, find, you find somebody who will be willing to take you in like a straight pup. I got a couple of reviews here for you. Okay, all right. It doesn't take a magician to see why sorcerer is a piece of shit. <laughs> it could barely conjure up a dollar at the box office. For my next trick, I'll make this poorly titled movie disappear. William should stop freaking out and just realize he's no wizard at naming things. That's why no one gave a truck about Sorcerer. Oh, thank I'm going to throw one. I tried to write a song for you guys. I figured I did the first 50. I would do the next 50. Yes. I just, I couldn't. I, I, I'm so old now. I couldn't, but I, you know, but I, I did a little bit for okay, you. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Whatever you got. <laughs> Empire Mad Max, Chevy's Fletch made us laugh. Jurassic Park was a huge hit. Dan thought Gremlins 2 was shit. ID4 <laughs> Phenomenon, Heath Ledger and Oscar won. Mama Mia Space Chimps, Iron Giant Dick, not limp. Ted Wassey's sarong, not Twitch Kachina was so hot. The Wicker Man trap cage with bees, good fellas went on. Crime sprees, Three Kings Meteor. <laughs> oh, forget it. No, keep going. Keep going, please, please, God. Three Kings Meteor, Arnold's the Terminator. Coppola pre-Dracula made Godfather too spectacular. I didn't start this podcast, but I'm the best part of it. That's why Sheila loved it. I didn't start this podcast, but I'm the best part of it. That's why Sheila loved it. Okay, let's skip ahead a little bit. Uh, James Woods ponytail, Jovi Volcano, epic fail, blah, 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 blah. Let's keep going. Hanky Panky Poltergeist, Angel Eyes made me shit twice. Yeah, there's a lot of things about shit in here. Uh, Dirty Dancing Soundtracks, Glenn Close Fade Aaliyah Tracks, Glenn Gary and Mighty Ducks, Boogie Nights gave lots of fucks. Okay, we'll skip ahead some more. Mannequin Malachi, Woody Harrelson was high, James and the Giant Peach, Dark Knight Rises was a treat. Godzilla and Bullworth, E.T. landed here on Earth, Grease 2 and Predator, Eastwick switches caused a stir, Untouchables and Robocop, Star Trek 3, The Search for Spock, Robin Curtis was so nice, Purple Rain made me cup twice. <laughs> Mine is time to podcast. Bravo, Mr. Uh, Shaw. 
Bravo. I gotta, I gotta lie down now. I gotta, I gotta take my Cosmos. Thank yeah. you. Oh, you got all of 1988. <laughs> nice. You deserve a rest after that. Uh, oh, thank God. you. Thank Bless you for, you. thank you for everything you've done for me. It's been a, to hear some of those old clips from the Today Show. It was really, it was very, very special for me. And I, I've been, I, it's been a, a great honor being, uh, being, uh, cri- critiquing movies along with the likes of you three. It's been, it's been oh, a, tr- a true pleasure, a I, true pleasure. I'm thank glad you. We're so glad to have you in our lives. Thank you, Mr. Shallot. Yeah. Okay. Enjoy Love your you magazines. Bye-bye. Oh, boy. I'm, I can go to every dentist now. <laughs> Not a problem. I'm prepared. Bye. 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 Oh, my God. Angel that was fantastic. Angel eyes made me shit twice. Yeah. But the rain made me come to <laughs> Just... <laughs> Doing a lot of, lot of spewing twice. I don't think he realized when he wrote God, that. that so uh, good. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so, so good. That was, that was <laughs> masterful. Wow. Uh, but there is a difference between something making you shit twice or something <laughs> making you come twice. You Those are really the two I, ends I, of I think the if, spectrum. If, if we've well, discovered anything within this podcast, it is that. It's that fine line between the two. Right. And Shitting twice and coming twice. Saucerier comes in two varieties, white yeah. and brown. Could you die? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so this is a tough <sighs> one. And I think this oh, is our is final best one. Episode? Is best oh, episode? Is this our favorite, our favorite overall episode <gasps> this year oh, and of all time? Can, is this that even possible? Year, this year, now I'm very biased, but you mentioned, Gene mm-hmm. Chalet mentioned it, the Robin Curtis, uh, I Star Trek so. 3, Indiana Jones, Karate Kid, Purple Rain episode. That's my favorite. And, uh, and the reason it's pushed way over is because of your guys' wonderful gift to me of sitting here and talking with Robin Curtis for a good, however long it was, 45 minutes, hour. She was just the greatest. And it was one of the thrills of my life. So that way puts it over the top for me. I agree. I think for this year, I think episode 99 was, was, uh, yeah, was really, really a fantastic episode for all the reasons you mentioned, Dan. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, overall ever is hard. Oh, boy, uh, that's hard. I don't know. Fred, what do you think down. for this year? I don't know this year. I, I really liked episode 92 with children of the corn hotel, New Hampshire and splash, which is fun. <laughs> was I fun. remember they, they were all great. Like the 95, I just re-listened to, uh, with the, the summer superheroes. I love that one. That too. was a yes. great one um, too, mm-hmm. but, um, I, I, I'd, I'd agree with you. I'd give it to episode 99 as well for this year. Yeah. They were yeah. all great. There wasn't, a, was, there wasn't a lot of quantity this year, but the quality the was quality there. Was the quality there. was there. The quality was there. Right. Um, uh, God, favorite time. of all time. All That's time. Uh, it's impossible. I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know where to begin. Um, the, I mean, hmm. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. The Caddyshack one always, you know, jumps yes. out. That was amazing. The superhero ones. Um, yeah. It, it's... Yeah, Por- Porky's it's, and Death Trap. Oh wait, that wasn't. That was it. But they—they. They, that that's was, the thing. They've all been. They, that, they've think, all been fun. I think that I, I think we might. I think last year we might have given for the year. I think we might have given it to the True Believer. I don't know if we yeah, did. Yeah, I think I think so. Believer, did. Burbs, I think we did. Bill and Ted's episode. Mm-hmm. I, I think we really did. loved yep. that one. There's yep. just too many. There's too many that are so great. It's oh, it's God. hard to say an all time one. Um, yeah. Part of me wants to go to number 50 because that was like a real mm-hmm. benchmark and it felt like we were really had a really special episode with that empire shining and the mm-hmm. Kong show movie. Um, yes. 
<laughs> and the holiday ones, like our first Golden Sheila episode with the Star Wars holiday special was great. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of it's kind of too it's too hard to pick just one. I'm in terms of like this when episode we're doing right now, <gasps> I'm giving it to this one. This is my favorite. All right. Yeah. All right. Yes, I agree. Yeah, this and Baby's Day Out. <laughs> yes, that's that's Baby's perfect. Day Out is a special perfect. one because because it, like it was like I don't know. I think a lot of the a lot of the energy and personality yeah, of the, the flavor podcast, well, we, the flavor came. We out stopped during being that so. One. It's funny going back and, and listening. It, in the beginning, we were very <laughs> uh, cautious. I think mm -hmm. in how we were talking mm -hmm. to one another, but also just about the movies. In, in, in many ways, you know, yeah, we were mm -hmm. trying to, and then I think baby's day out, it was really sort of that moment of like, oh, fuck it. Let's just yeah. throw it we all throw it out, out there yeah. and just say what we really, then right. just like, let's just, have, let's, let's really talk as if we were just sitting in like a bar having drinks, talking yeah. about this stuff. Right. Uh, and it, there was a looseness that, that suddenly yeah. happened and we just, yeah, there was a sense of going, okay, fuck it. Let's just go for it. Yeah. And maybe because- and maybe because that was the first one that I actually, that I fully edited as opposed to sending notes to Ethan. There was something about it where you start to, for me, where it started to feel like, okay, I'm shaping this in the moment and I can zig and zag because when I used to have to send Ethan all the notes, it yeah. was different. I mean, I was super specific about, all right, this clip comes in here, cut this here, all that. It was very specific, but because it wasn't, I had to send the stuff to him, there wasn't as much in the moment discovery of stuff or playing with stuff or changing things after the fact. And I think that mm. was where it, it kind of felt like, like felt, felt true ownership over it. Like, Oh, it's just us making this. And it's not here. We did this, put it together for us, make it a thing. And it was yeah. like, it was okay, now it's, yeah. now it's ours. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Those are so our golden chillers. Special. Wow. Well done. Oh, golden chillers. Well done. It's been a pleasure. My God. It's been quite a ride uh it's yeah it's hard to believe this is like the end of the end of the episode end of the hundred uh end of an era uh thank you i just i don't have much more to say other than just thank you to you guys so much for doing this with me and for every single person who listened and supported us and enjoyed us and uh kept coming back for more. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, we, we couldn't have done this without you and, you know, maybe we'll see you all again, uh, in the not too distant future. We'll, we shall see, but really this was a special thing. And I'm, I'm kind of happy that, uh, you know, I, I have not prepared any remarks here. I'm, I'm happy that we're ending on 100 complete episodes together as a trio that's just very very special and even if this is the the end of the road we've always got these hundred episodes and i'm very proud of them and uh uh they've brought me so much joy and it's just been a pleasure to be able to in in a time in it, it's one thing to say okay we made the podcast to like do something and be creative and be, you know, active at a time when our, all of our, our industry was all shut down during the pandemic, but right. it was the, the really, the really special thing about it was, you know, in a time when you had to be isolated and couldn't be with your friends and your loved ones as much as you wanted to be, or at all in some cases to actually just 
be engaged in our friendship so actively in a way we, you know, that we don't often get to be now that we're all, you know, adults and off on our own and doing things and you're in another state, Dan. And it's, uh, it's just been for, for what it has meant to our friendship as a, as a, as a document of our friendship. Oh, uh, it's wonderful. a special, it's a very, very special thing. Just uh, I think about itself. that, you know, I, I think about my kids, you know, hopefully we will <laughs> just by paying for it, we'll be able to keep these, uh, the episodes up yeah. for people to listen to. But I really think about that, you know, for my kids that one day I hope they're going to listen to this and they're going to know, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll learn some really embarrassing things about their dad, <laughs> but they'll also just, I, I hope they'll hear what like a true friendship through the years sounds like, and they'll learn about us and the people who meant the most to me. And, um, I don't know. I'm re- Yeah. I'm very, I'm, I'm, I'm proud that we have this time capsule of yeah. our friendship that will hopefully live on and that people will keep finding and the people that are closest to us will be able to go back to and listen to. It's an amazing uh, thing. Well said. Awesome. I want to say this before you, before you, I just want to say a special thank you to our wives, Kate, yes. Kate oh, and gosh, Taylor, yeah. because it's putting, especially during the height of the pandemic and especially in small apartments and everything like, but you know, that's a lot to the, the amount of time we were giving to all of this and also the close quarters and, and, uh, just, the, you know, there's, it's not like it's a full-time job, but there's, you know, we took a big part of ourselves, especially in the early days to, to make this happen every week at that point. And, uh, you know, and you just, you know, you need the support and, uh, the, the, uh, the understanding of the people you're, you're living with, especially when, you know, again, Dan and I don't have, we don't have sound booths, as you can tell by the many ambient noises that you hear on our, our parts of things, you know, we're not, uh, we, we, we don't, we don't, uh, uh, have, uh, quite the technical capabilities that Fred as a, uh, an audiobook narrator has. And, uh, and so, yeah, so it's, it can be an imposition at times on their lives and they've been, they've all been wonderful uh, in dealing with the, the crazy early mornings and all the yeah. other things that come with uh, us trying to make this labor of love happen. So very grateful that you said that and, and great, very grateful for you saying thanks to the listeners uh, and all of that, that, you know, there's nothing Nothing without them, uh, without the listeners. And so thanks to everybody who, even if you've only listened to one or two episodes or if you've listened to the whole thing, um, we're grateful for that. Um, you know, thanks to you guys for um, wanting to do this and for for your friendship. And I love that it is a document of our friendship, which is very special to me. Um, for me, the podcast, you know, among other things, um, reminds me of college, reminds me of that sort of, you know, lost freshman that was, that was taken in, uh, by you guys, uh, and befriended uh, by you and helped and mentored, uh, by you, uh, both. And, uh, um, you know, cause, uh, th- that's what this makes me, uh, and has made me feel like, is those days, you know, it, it, it brings up, brings back up the feelings of those days and those times and what it was like at Hofstra and watching movies together, being in plays together, watching each other's work, um, and just palling around together and, and, and forging this friendship that has now continued decades and decades later, (laughs) um, which is a really special thing. So that's, uh, the, the feeling of doing this with you guys conjures up that, that, 
great feeling of our friendship um, to me and within me. And that's that's super, super special. So thanks to you both for for doing this. And I'm sorry that I didn't contribute anything (laughs) after (laughs) the fact I go away from these podcasts and I just wait for you to do all the work. Uh, and so thank you from the bottom of my heart for that, because, you know, I wasn't interested to be quite honest. <laughs> I didn't want anything to do with it. I said, you make a podcast, you make a thing. I don't, I can't do it. And I don't want to do it. And you guys do it. So thank you for that. I, I'll never, I, I really truly do appreciate all the work that you guys put in before, not only during, but before and after the actual record, mm-hmm. because um, without it, there's 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 no opening weekend podcast. So thank you for, you know, it has not gone unnoticed by me, <laughs> the amount oh. of work and the extra, extra hours that you two have put in that I have not. So thank you. I think that the takeaway of all of this is is to do, uh, you know, do creative stuff with your friends. Yeah. To do, you know, find people you like and that make you laugh and then just create shit with them and you know yeah. hand fart a lot hand <laughs> fart a lot so much that after all these beautiful words there's still one more thing left to do and that's to listen to the dulcet tones of the nation's Sweatiest and most masterful palms. Yes, I would say it. I would say it. I haven't gone on YouTube to see if there's anybody, you know, more formidable than you. But I think uh, I don't think anybody holds a candle to to what you do. And if they and if they did hold a candle to it, it's so much like an actual fart. It would cause cause a sorcerer like explosion in the jungle. Well, I think there's only one thing to do. And it's uh, the opening weekend theme. I think. It's the only thing, yes. only thing left. Really. We've done, we've done every right. other movie theme, for God's sake. I know. Let me tune I up, know. as always. Okay. Right, so it starts with the dum 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 dum. I love you guys. Opening weekend. <laughs> uh, love you both so much. Love you guys. Love you guys. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye for now. The Opening Weekend Podcast is produced by Jason O'Connell, Fred Berman, and Dan Matisa, with editing by Jason O'Connell and sound mixing by Fred Berman. Additional help and technical support provided by Ethan Duff. Thank you for listening. You guys, something about the 1977 and the 2015, it ripped a hole in the multiverse. There's more out there, more than even you know. Roscoe ain't got no idea. Well, he's in a coffee can. Oh, there's another, another opening weekend. I can't speak. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.